0: good morning everyone and welcome to another edition of the bat around i'm your host Valley, He's my co-host and producer, Zachary Allen Goodman. Uh, it is a beautiful Saturday here in the Baltimore area. Today's show brought to you by the Toyota Tacoma, which comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. So check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer, Today, the,
1: these headphones have decided not to work, so I guess oh, we are have to. That's lovely. why that's why I came in super loud because I couldn't hear it. <laughs> oh, I, w- I, w- so, I was like,
0: why is it so loud?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to see if I can find something else, or maybe they'll start working. Who knows? I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't. It was, maybe maybe break one or or while stands on. I'll try to figure something out.
0: It was, or you could just put on um, these ones. Oh, I didn't even see those over there. You could you could uh, try those, reach? and yeah, they'll reach. Um, mm-hmm. Try those and see if those work. Can you hear? I can hear. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Well,
1: it still sounds a little weird. Well, you know. Can those, you hear? Okay, are you good? Yeah, no,
0: mm. I I can hear perfectly clear and perfectly loud. Okay. All right. I'm um, getting off the rails here a little bit to start this show <laughs> as, as usual. Um, the World Series is over, 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 over with a big nail in the coffin. I told Zach, I told you all on the show that I thought the Rangers were gonna sweep. They didn't sweep, they just won in five games. Um they won game one, six to five, and then they and in in dramatic fashion, um Corey Seeger hits a game tying two run homer in the bottom of the ninth inning, and then in the eleventh inning, Adolis Garcia hits a walk off home run to win. Game one. Okay. Yeah. Game two, they drop nine to one, and then they never lost again. <laughs> they, they, right. They, right. they never lost again, uh, winning the World Series four games to one. And, and if you're a Diamondbacks fan, losing game five, being eliminated from the World Series by being shut out has to suck.
1: Well, losing game one has to suck because they should have won that game.
0: They should have won that game. They honestly should have gone up two games to none in the series. I remember the 96 ALCS. Mm -hmm. The Orioles should have won game one in New York. But Jeffrey Mayer is a person that unfortunately exists in the world. He exists. And he, I shouldn't say unfortunately, but I don't think anybody in Baltimore gives a crap what happens to that kid. (laughs) Um, he uh, not a kid anymore. But well, no, he's a, he's a grown ass man. He's a grown and, man. Yeah, and um, I think that like he tried to play baseball, and I think that he got further than he probably would have otherwise because he was Jeffrey Mayer. Um, Could be, but he the, the ball was either going to be off the wall or caught by Tony Tarrasco. And instead, he reaches over fan interference. The Yankees end up winning that game when the Derek Jeter two-run homer. Yeah. And then the Orioles win game two, and the the ALCS is tied 1-1, but the Orioles lose that game in six. They could have come back to Baltimore up two games, none have potentially gone to the World Series. Um, and because of Jeffrey Mayer, the, the rule now exists that you cannot interfere. I mean, they always you never could interfere with the field of play, but mm-hmm. now, like, if that happens, it, the, it's either it's ruled a double and the fans ejected from the game. Um but that has nothing to do with this series. Uh, the Diamondbacks up 5-3 to three in the bottom of the ninth when Corey Seager hits the two-run homer. Completely changed right. uh, what could have been a 2-0 series lead to now, a, to now a 1-1 tied series. And then they go on the road, and the Texas Rangers 10-0 and on the road in, the, in this postseason. Yeah. And it's fitting that the teams that they beat in the postseason, in order, are the Rays, Orioles, Astros and Diamondbacks because it spells road. (laughs) It spells road. That's funny. They 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 win they win all ten road games in the postseason. Just absolutely unheard of, ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, And win the series four games to one Texas Rangers with their first World Series championship in team history. And they've been around 52 years, I believe. So quite a drought, uh, which only means that the Orioles are ending their drought next year.
1: Of course, that's... Uh,
0: oh, right, uh, right. Absolutely. Right. There's no other way to think about it. There there, there really is no other way to think about <laughs> it, unless the Mariners do it, or the Guardians do it, or I don't effing know. I don't effing care. The or Guardians has been what? 1920? 1940, 1948. 48, okay. 1948.
1: I had the numbers backwards. Um,
0: the Mariners have been around since 1977, and they've never won. Okay. Um, and then you have the Orioles, 1983. And I think the Pirates... Um, I don't think the Pirates have won a World Series since 1979.
1: Probably not. Yeah. Probably uh, not.
0: Against the Orioles, so they can get f too. too. Um, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> uh, we are family. We are nothing. Get out of my face. Um, man. I'm coming in hot. You're really coming in hot. Come, coming just in hot. We got railing it. on the pirates we, we, for no reason. Jeez. <laughs> like, what you can't handle me on
1: your own. Oh man.
0: Oh man. I like your hat, man. I don't think I've ever <laughs> seen you wear just a straight Orioles I've, hat. I've before. had this hat
1: for two years, and I went home this weekend and I pulled it off the washing machine because I had no hats. So huh. this is yeah. I like this hat. It doesn't fit my head the best. It's a little big on me, but eh, that's yeah. why I don't wear it that we often. We
0: got we got the uh, Orioles home and road hats covered.
1: I, I like the adjustable hats, and this one's not. But it's. I bought this one at the Camden Yards store, like the actual Orioles store inside the warehouse, on Black Friday, like three years ago, two years ago. Oh, yeah? Like that. yeah? Was it a good so, deal? 20 bucks or so, which for, for the Orioles team store is a good deal.
0: That is a good deal yeah. for the Orioles team store. <laughs> Golly, man, everything is so damn expensive. You in go there. in
1: there and the jerseys are marked up like 30% Yeah, compared to what they are online. It's, it's absurd.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that's so. Is a, hot, a hot dog's eight bucks. Well, yeah, you know, the, yeah. not eight bucks. A, like a jumbo hot dog's like five seventy five. You gotta
1: just bring your own George Foreman next time. But and just yeah, you know, <laughs> make your own hot dog. You
0: go in the Seven Eleven, you get the same size hot dog yeah. for like a dollar twenty five. Yeah. Um, but you know, we're not here to crap on the Orioles. We're here to love on the Orioles and um <laughs> new World Series odds. People aren't loving on the Orioles as much as we would like them to be. New World Series odds are out for 2024. The Orioles have the ninth-best World Series odds at 16 to one, which is fourth mm-hmm. in the AL East. Oh, fourth in the AL East. The Rays and Yankees are 15 to one. Toronto's 16 to one, The New Orioles are 16 to one. So let me ask you this: On what planet do the Yankees? With how much crap they are. Their team as it... Because these are based off the team as it currently stands. Yeah. In what way, shape, or form is the Yankees roster better than the Orioles? Well, it's not. They they have Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole, and that is it. Right. They may have better...
1: Top end superstar players in the Baltimore. They I mean, have that, one. That's, that's certainly true. I, I think Garrett Cole and uh, Garrett Cole's not, I guess, that much better than, than Kyle Bradish at this point, but he's still a, a certified ace. Garrett Cole's up there.
0: They had very similar seasons.
1: And he, but Garrett Cole, to, to his to his credit, started off I think what like nine and and0 or eight and with a like a uh, one twenty. Yeah, ER, he right? he was, and the, he kind of I guess fell, he, fell it, back a little bit, but but then he finished really strong. He, too. Fi- he finished strong. He's a good pitcher, really good. Aaron he Judge is one of the best players in baseball. He's going to win MVP probably another time in his career at least. However, they if have nothing outside of field. that. If he can stay on the field. But they have nothing outside of that. You're overpaying John Carlos Stanton by 200 million dollars, probably mm-hmm. a lot more.
0: Carlos right. Rodon is Car- getting paid way yeah. too much money. DJ LeMay getting paid way too much money. Anthony Rizzo is right. getting paid way too much money. And the, the list goes on. And the young
1: talent is <coughs> limited. Jason Dominguez is, was up this year, and he was okay in, in the short stint we saw him. But I think he's going to be a pretty good player. He Anthony, got hurt, right? Didn't he have, to I have think Tommy John he, he surgery? UC, I believe so. UCL, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Anthony Volpe, he's going to be a good player eventually. Didn't you have a good year. Him. He didn't have a good year this year, but he's a really good defender, steals much bags, and you know, probably hit a little better than he did this year.
0: I thought you said steals much bags. No, steals a bunch it, of bags. He steals much bags. A B- bunch
1: of bags. But outside of that, there isn't a lot of talent. When the Orioles, you look at the farm system and you say, okay, all of these guys are gonna come up next year. You look at Jackson Holliday, Heston Kerstad, these are guys that are gonna play a part. It's it's a better team than the Yankees. And not only that, you've got a better manager and a better GM. I would argue. And Brian, Ka- Brian Cashman has struggled these past few years oh, to be... Oh, yeah. So,
0: no, Elias, I would, I, I would think, is a better GM. Brandon Hyde, a better manager? Yes, yes. He's a better uh, manager than Aaron Boone. Boone. Is, is, Aaron Boone is terrible. He is a terrible manager. Yes. <laughs> I, but I'm not... The team won 101 games mm-hmm. this year, so let's not throw all this shade on Brandon Hyde. But I think that he's the... Fourth best manager in the div- no, he's better than um what's the, what's the guy's name up in Toronto? Schneider is it John Schneider? Yeah, he's better than John Schneider. Um, yeah, I agree he's with he's that. not a better no, no. so he's the third best manager in the division. You he- think Boone's better? No, Boone's, oh. Boone's fifth. Okay, well that's I, I, I think Kevin Cash is better, and I think Alex Cora is better, but uh, 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 John John Schneider and uh, like Brandon Hyde to me, what he. Th- I just felt like he was overmatched in the playoffs. I don't it doesn't mean that I don't believe that he can get better. Right. But right now I'm not I'm not saying that that he is Right a better manager than, than Aaron Boone, I, I think that they are that they make similar mistakes. Well, as
1: we said, the week after they got bounced,
0: it's you have
1: to be able to separate what they did in the playoffs and how Brandon Hyde managed them there and the 101 wins they racked up in the, the regular season. You have right. to be able to separate those because if you can't, you're not looking at this critically. You're just saying, okay, we're just going to lump everything into one thing. That's not the way to do it. Yeah,
0: but, but professional sports are what have you done for me lately. That's and, true. What, and what he did for us lately was make terrible bullpen decisions, terrible lineup decisions, yeah. and watch his team get outmatched, outclassed, outcoached, outplayed. It was poor in the playoffs. It was really and poor, sw- and get swept after having not been swept since May of twenty twenty two. And look again, not trying to throw shade at Brandon Hyde. No. The fact that he is a manager that took the reins at the beginning of a rebuild and has made it through the rebuild and is still here, and has led this team to back-to-back winning seasons and 101 wins this past year is remarkable it's commendable and no he doubt. has earned the right to be here and stay here. He had, and this year I felt like he managed so much better than he did in 2022. Oh that's for sure. That's I, I had I had yeah. far less complaints about him this year. And the 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 the, the uh, reality of it is every team the face of every team is the manager as far? And I'm not talking about popularity wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, when a team struggles or a team is great, the manager is the guy that we that they turn to. Oh yeah, for so, sure. So if the Oriole, Orioles had had won sixty games this year, yeah. Brandon Hyde would have been fired. Right. He would have been fired. He would have been. You know, but they won 101 games. Now he's lauded and he's going to win Manager of the Year. Already won Sporting News Manager of the Year. He's going to win uh, the the um, official MLB uh, Manager of the Year for, brought, voted on by the Baseball Writers Association of America if he doesn't, travesty. Um, but that's just the reality of the situation. Yeah. Is that no matter what, how good or bad your team is, the person that shoulders all the blame or all the praise. Always. And honestly, not all the praise. The praise always goes to the players when the team is great. Yeah. Um, the, all the blame when the team is bad goes on the shoulders of the manager.
1: Can I say something really random that is only kind of related to what you just said? There are too many awards that are being given out by people that aren't the real award. You know what I mean? Like the Sporting News Award, all this. I never know. I, I hear, oh, Gunnar Henderson is the outstanding rookie. I don't know what that means. Do they mean he's he's not Rookie of the Year, apparently, yet, no. officially. So, but there, it's, th- it's, so it's voted on by his peers.
0: Every publication has... An award. Yeah. Every publication hands out awards. Because the Sporting News Award is voted on by their peers, it's up there as an award that that people pay attention to. The most outstanding rookie for the American League, that's the MLBPA. So that's the Players Association that votes on that. And then for some reason... For some reason, a bunch of seventy-five-year-old dudes that are members of the Baseball Writers Association of America have the award that matters. Big Bruce Springsteen it, fans, though. Yeah, well, yeah, well, undoubtedly, you know, if you're over fifty-five <laughs> or Zach Goodman, you're a huge yeah, Bruce Springsteen yeah. fan. It's crazy. Well, if you're a baseball
1: um, writer, it's it's Dan Connolly uh, always talks about that. If you're a baseball writer and you're you're over fifty-five, then you're a Bruce Springsteen
0: fan. Oh, absolutely. Um, Here, little girl, is your daddy home? I lost my voice randomly the other day. It's back. Not fully today. I can tell it's a little different today. But yesterday, man, my sister called me, and I'm on the phone with her. And as I'm talking with her, my voice goes from this to, "Okay, I'll talk to you later." I was like, "I gotta get off the phone." My voice, I, I can't talk. That's how I sounded like pretty much the second half of yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not sick because I've never had a cough or congestion. But there was an illness going through my office. So maybe I got a little bit of it, I guess. And it just affected my speaking voice. I don't know. But um, don't really remember what the point was. I don't either. Oh, oh because I was singing <laughs> Bruce Springsteen. And the whole, oh, yeah, yeah, the whole yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, losing my voice made me be able to do just that much more of a pinpoint accurate oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, impression yeah. of a guy who sounds like he's taking a dump on every note. Um, but, oh. yeah, so... Anyway, the, the, the Baseball Writers Association of America, their awards are the ones that matter, mm-hmm. and all those awards are being announced this coming Thursday. Okay. I believe it's starting at 6 p.m., and it's probably on MLB Network. Um, got it yeah, yeah. The,
1: the problem I have I googled it to try to figure out what all of these awards are because I, I generally don't care that much about awards but now since the Orioles actually have a chance to win them I'm interested mm-hmm. but I googled the awards and I just couldn't find a straight answer of which one was which and which one the one is the one that actually matters and the one that will get the Orioles an extra draft pick next year because that's what I'm actually interested in
0: well they're getting the extra p- draft pick because Gunnar Henderson yeah, is finishing win. first and if he doesn't finish first he's finishing second
1: I, I just wanted to know if it happened already and I couldn't find no, the right answer for it, it. it I was come, annoyed it
0: comes out on thursday okay um so there's your answer yeah the sporting news is voted on by the peers okay the most outstanding crap is um the mlbpa <laughs> yeah and the actual awards are the baseball writers association of america which again happened on thursday um gunner henderson with that in mind did win the mlbpa al outstanding rookie of the year um he won that. It amounts to a hill of beans as far as career accolades go. But he won it. Um, Kyle Bradish was a finalist for the outstanding pitcher. Garrett Cole won. Yeah. Um, but they had. There was a point heading into September. Um, their numbers were basically identical. It's true. But Kyle Bradish doesn't have the popularity yet that Garrett Cole has, and so Garrett Cole won. Now let's be honest here. Kyle Bradish was excellent in September. Garrett Cole was that much better. Yeah. Garrett, yeah. Garrett Cole, the way he started the year, the way he finished the year, absolutely balls to the wall. And the, the four months in between were still stellar. They weren't what he did in April and what he did in um, September. but So he wins that. Ryan O'Hearn was a finalist for comeback player of the year. Obviously, the White Sox, Liam Hendricks coming back from a cancer diagnosis. Yeah. He won, even though he only pitched like a month and a half. Before tearing his UCL and needing Tommy yeah, John surgery, yeah. uh, anybody, anytime you come back from cancer, you're a shoe in to win. Sure, you're, you're you're going to win. Um, now, as far as awards that, that players are finalists for, there will be again announced on Thursday the official awards. Anthony Santander, Gunnar Henderson, and Adley Rutschman are Silver Slugger finalists. Um, Gunner he's going up against uh, is for the utility spot and he's going up against Brandon Drury, Isak Paredes and Whit Merrifield. Gunner's going to win that. He should. Should win that. He, he um Paredes had a good year though. Paredes was quite good. He, he he did. He did. Um I think that Gunner had I I am not exactly positive on this, but I feel like he had more extra base hits and a higher OPS. Um so I would imagine that Gunner has a really good shot to win that. And for some reason, I, I just assumed that Gunner had a better year than all three of those guys. Brandon
1: Drury, I'll be honest. He's been around forever. I didn't pay attention to his numbers. But Brady's being part of a big trade a few years ago, He, I I paid a little bit of attention to him, and being in the division makes it easier. And I, I think he had a, a pretty decent year.
0: Yeah, 4.3 win player, 30, wow. 31 homers, uh, 352 batting. Uh, I'm sorry, a 250 batting average, 352 on base, uh, 48 slugging, 840 OPS. So... And uh, 98 ribeye steaks. That's a, pretty a, silver a, sluggers a, to me. A, a 131 OPS plus. Let's go to Gunner and see what Gunner did. 28 home runs, 255, 325, 489, 814. 100 runs, 82 RBIs, 10 stolen bases, 125 OPS plus. So, Isak Prady's is the biggest competition. If he wins, it would yeah. not shock me. If Gunner yeah. wins, it would not shock me. Um, and it might just come down to a popularity contest. If you ask the country um, who they know better, Gunner Henderson or Isak Paredes. It'd be Gunner. It would be Gunner. Yeah. Um, because he's been so lauded all season and what he did in the postseason. Um, now, as far as catchers can, are concerned, Adley should run away with this thing. The only yeah. reason he wouldn't is because people know who Salvador Perez is. But Adley, Blue, Perez, and Cal Raleigh out of the water oh yeah he should he should be a shoe in
1: (laughs) unfortunately perez has a history of this winning things and getting the places that he probably shouldn't because he's just so well known you ask many people who the best catcher in baseball is a lot of them who don't know the game that well are going to say salvador perez because he hits a lot of home runs and he's kind of a big name and he won a world series way back when it's he's a big name simple as that he
0: is a four-time silver slugger okay When he won it in 2016, 247, 288, 438, 725, 22 homers, 64 RBIs, not bad. um, 28 doubles. Um, The 288 on base percent—that's not a silver slugger. Um, No. When when he won it in 2018, 235, 274, 439, 713, 27 homers, 80 RBIs, 23 doubles. Um, he not, he just gets picked for winning home runs that's a lot. A, that's not a silver slugger. He won it in 2020. 2020, he hit 333, 353, 633, 986, 11 homers, 32 RBIs. Deserved it. 2021, he won the silver slugger. Um, and he slashed 273, 316, 544, 859. Led the majors in with 48 home runs and 121 RBIs. Silver slugger. This year. 255 292 422 714 uh with 23 home runs 80 RBIs and then if you go look at Adley and, and he was a he was a 0.5 WAR player mm this year.
1: While you're looking that up, do you remember the year where Kansas City, just because they were popular, I think it was 2017 Every 18, starting
0: player was uh, from yeah. the Royal Yeah, right. And, they and stuffed the, the
1: ballot They stuffed the ballot and nobody really deserved it that much. Maybe one or two guys did, but certainly there were a few of them that didn't. I don't remember if Perez is one of those guys or not, but the, Kansas City has a weird way of doing that I don't know. It just happens a lot.
0: Yeah Well, I mean, they the, the players have nothing to do I mean, the, no, the fans no, no, have no, nothing no. to do with this particular right. one So Adley um, 22 points higher in batting average, 277. Uh, like 80 points higher in on base percentage, 374. Slugging percentage, 435. Similar OPS, 809. 95 points higher. He's got to win uh, with a 128 OPS plus, whereas Salvador Perez's OPS plus was 94. Oof. So worse than the league average hitter. Adley should win. Show w- with flying colors. Uh, now Santander, he's the one that's a little that's going to be a little bit more difficult. Um, he is a finalist. Three outfielders will win. He's a finalist going up against Randy Arosarena, Aaron Judge, Adolis Garcia, Kyle Tucker, <laughs> and Julio Rodriguez. Yeah. Uh, Santander w- was a damn good player this year, yeah. but I can tell you right, he's not going to win. He's not going to win. He's that. not going to win. And, and and I'll bet that he had very similar seasons to all of them, except for maybe Garcia and Judge. I think Judge still hit 10 more home runs than... Oh, at least. ...than... Yeah. Um, Santander and probably played in 50 less games because he was hurt for a good while there
1: but even even a guy like Kyle Tucker who probably didn't have the season most people expected he was still good but he wasn't what he was last year um, he would win that simply be, if, if it was just up to him and Santander he'd win it because it was a popularity contest it, yeah. this is Astros versus Orioles and frankly you look at what the Orioles are projected to do next year by a lot of publications already as we talked about earlier and you can see why the Astros are a more popular team it's
0: just the uh, way it is Dude, Kyle Tucker is a five, fi- almost a five-and-a-half wow. B-war well, player. What was he last year? Um, I mean, Probably I, like
1: seven. He was unreal.
0: Well, let's take a look as my microphone falls into my face. He I had, could be completely wrong. He had a better year this year Did all, he? all the hmm. way around than last year. I mean, he had one less home run, five more RBIs, nine more doubles. Wow. Uh, 27 points higher in batting average, 39 points higher in OBP, um, 35 points higher in... Uh, I'm sorry 39 points higher in slugging percentage and 78 points higher in OPS and a thir- 13 points higher in OPS plus.
1: I take it back. Um, yeah.
0: yeah, he had he had a monster year. Last year he was a 5.3 win player so he, okay. was, he was 0.1 more less uh, last year. So wow. he Aaron Judge is your silver slugger, Kyle Tucker is your silver slugger. Yeah. Um and let's look at Julio Rodriguez. There was a point where Rodriguez was like 17 for 17 yeah. over a stretch. Um, I know he had a monster season: 275, 333, 45, 818, 128 OPS plus, 32 home runs, 103 RBIs, 37 stolen bases, 102 runs scored, jeez, yeah. uh, and a 5.3 win player. <laughs>
1: Santander is not competing with any of that.
0: And the Santander three-win player: 257, 325, yeah, 472, 797 OPS, 121 OPS plus. 28 home runs, yeah. It's going to be Julio Rodriguez, Kyle Tucker, and yeah. Aaron Judge. Yeah. Santander is not, and just for uh, S's and G's, let's look up uh, Randy Arosarena here. I don't think that he deserved to be there.
1: Yeah, I don't know about that either.
0: Yeah, he, uh, well, 254, 364, 425, 789, 120 OPS plus, 23 home runs, 83 RBIs, 95 runs scored, 22 stolen bases, three and a half win player. So, Still a really
1: good player, but not not like the other guys. He's not no, up there with Judge or Tucker. No, and
0: uh, one point lower OPS plus than Santander. So, um, yeah, chances are it's not going to be um, Anthony Santander, but I think Gunnar and Adley have a really good shot. We're going to call Stan in one uh, one second here. There was something that I wanted to get into... Maybe I already oh nope, I already got into it I already t- it was the World Series I already talked about that so Zach, going to get St. Stan on the line? I want to remind you that today's show is brought to you by the Ta- the Tyus Bowser Show, which is back for season three. Tyus and his special guests will join Glenn and Rita all over town throughout the season, giving you the chance to get the inside scoop and rub elbows with your favorite players. Tyus Bowser Show is a partnership of PressBox and Great Eights Memorabilia and is brought to you by Superbook Sports, AJ Michaels, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. For more information, visit PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. The next Tyus Bowser Show is this Tuesday, November 7th at Guilford Hall Brewery, in Station North. Stan the Fan joining us here in a matter of moments. Later on in the show today from the On the Verge podcast, Bob Phelan will be joining us to talk about some Orioles prospects. Orioles have nine players, eight or nine players in the Arizona Fall League and none of them are doing well. Like they are all really struggling. We'll talk about that with Bob Phelan and some uh, some Orioles prospects that could be making waves in the majors in 2024. All that later in the program. For right now, though, joining us on the program for his weekly segment, he is Stan the Fan. Charles, Stan, good morning. How are you?
2: Good morning, Paul. What's going on?
0: Not too much. Just finished talking about the Rangers taking four out of five uh, to win the World Series from the Arizona Diamondbacks. Stan, the Rangers win that final game 5-0. Uh, and before we get into that game, they just go ten and oh on the road in the twenty twenty three postseason on their way to their first World Series in franchise history. How unheard of is going undefeated on the road on the way to a championship?
2: Um, it's it's pretty you know it's it's pretty much uh, very uncommon. But remember the the, the old road to the uh, to the championship in, in my day, you played either one or two teams, you know. Mm-hmm. um they they played four teams uh it was pretty remarkable accomplishment
0: yeah uh, and once they took down the orioles and then i i think they fell behind the astros two o and then they come storming back and you look at that and they, they just they seem like a wagon just
2: it was just the opposite. They won the first two
0: games. Oh, they won the first two games against the Astros. I right. must have been thinking Houston. of the Diamondbacks. And Houston came back. Yep.
3: Yeah, yeah, they Houston were. Came
0: back. Yeah, Houston won three straight games, and it looked like the, the they Can were I mean, on the brink again. And then the the Rangers. Right. They bounce back, won the last two games on the road, and they end up going to the World Series and winning all three road games there, winning the series in five games. Uh, Stan, the new 2024 odds are out for the World Series. Rangers have the third best odds to repeat um, at 9-1, to one, D-backs at 25-1. to one. Are the Rangers, um, do you think that they're just as likely next year, or was this just a matter of a team that got hot at the right time?
2: Um, I I would not have them like, you know, first of all, I would probably never bet this early, uh, you know, something like that proposition like that, but, uh, you know, they've got a lot of question marks. I mean, what are they going to get out of Max Scherzer, you -hmm. know, for the whole season? Are they going to be able to sign Jordan Montgomery and is Montgomery, the pitcher who was pitching for his free agency season? You know, is he that pitcher for the next five years when some team pays him $20-plus a year? Um, and uh, obviously they're not going to have DeGrom. Evaldi, to me, I'm not saying I wouldn't bet on Evaldi in games, but, but to pick the Texas Rangers with the uncertainty of what they've got on that starting pitching staff, uh, I, I wouldn't be jumping on them right
0: now. Would you expect them to be major players in free agency yet again for the third straight offseason, Stan, or do you think they already have so much on their plate as far as contracts that they'll probably just kind of sit back and just try to re-sign some of the guys that, they're, that would be leaving?
2: Um, I think they'll do a little bit of both. I think they'll pick and choose, you know. But um, But the two players, to me, aside from the most – you know, I had them as my 12th most improbable team to win the World Series at the at the beginning of the playoffs, and I had Arizona as my 11th mm. most probable team to win the World Series. Uh, so I may not be the best expert to ask about that, but had you said to me, well, I can guarantee you Nathan is going to look like he pitched the first half, I would have had them. But aside from that, uh, clearly Seeger is the MVP, you know, on that team when mm-hmm. everything's going right. But but the two guys, to me, that really were difference makers from the last time that I really saw Texas play were getting Josh Young back and Evan Carter. Uh, mm-hmm. To me, those are the two players that really kind of put them over the top along with Evaldi pitching as well as he did.
0: You know, and, and, and it's crazy, Stan, because uh Adolis Garcia he he leaves game 2 with a back injury they lose that game 9 to 1 and you're thinking well this, I thought they I thought they were going to sweep the the Diamondbacks and then Garcia gets hurt in a lopsided loss to the D-backs and you're like oh man we, we've got a series now they didn't lose again Adolis Garcia had a, he's an historic
2: thought he left I thought he left game 3 Did he leave game 3 I, your point your your point is still valid, but I think he left game three.
0: Okay, then then he left game... Zach said he left game three. Um, This was yeah. like a week ago. So Yeah, um,
2: I mean, it was... Uh, yeah, uh, it, basically when that happened, when they lost him and Scherzer... First of all, I didn't think Scherzer was going to be anything to write home about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was remarkable. He kept the, the Diamondbacks off the scoreboard for three innings, which was... did prove to be valuable, but he didn't leave of his own uh, you know, a cord and he left because of an injury. But when the two of them went down, you thought, okay, this is really opening up for the Diamondbacks. And the team rallied together. And, uh, you know, you don't know if Bochi or somebody talked before the game, game four. Uh, but they were a vastly different team those last two
0: games. So now it it worked out. Ivaldi was absolutely fantastic in game five. Uh six innings pitch, four hits. He did walk five, but he struck out five, uh no runs allowed. Were you surprised that it wasn't Montgomery on normal rest to get the start in that game?
2: Mm, not really. Not really. You've got the luxury of uh Avaldi <clears throat> is a is a total big game pitcher, you mm-hmm. know, with a history, yeah. um, with I think three or four different teams, but, uh, no, I, when you got a chance to clinch, you, you go for the juggler a little bit, you know, um, it didn't surprise you, but then you got the comfort of knowing, well, if the Valdi doesn't pitch well, and they somehow win the game, we can come back, you know, mm-hmm. with, with Montgomery. So I think they were in a strong, a strong, uh, position there. And I would have
0: gone with Evaldi. No, and you're absolutely right. What he did in the 2018 World Series for the for the Red Sox, he has that postseason experience, been there, done that. It, it was a smart move. I thought it was going to be Montgomery or maybe Ivaldi with Montgomery uh, coming in after him just to kind of uh, seal the deal. And Zach Gallen stand. Puts together his best start of the postseason. Takes a no-hitter into the seventh inning before allowing three straight hits and a run. The hard-luck loser giving up one run on three hits with six strikeouts and six in the third innings. Arizona in, in a do-or-die game season on the line, and they go out there and score no runs. And I know that Avaldi's good, but were you shocked? For me, I, like if I was a Diamondbacks fan, watching my team get shut out in the elimination game, I would have been so upset about it
2: well i mean you're you're that anyway, you get eliminated but, sure. uh, uh you know that, that's a that's a tough you know that's why such a great pitcher mm-hmm. you know uh he he's he somehow is able to keep you off the scoreboard he knows the situation and he's got the stuff uh to get get you through those those keen moments of the game to me where 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 the diamondbacks lost it. And you can always second guess how a team handles things, but but having that game was it the game four? Yeah, it was game four where they had to start. I mean, they basically were pitching a bullpen game.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, to go into the World Series and pitch a bullpen game is is not a real good look. You know, it reflects pretty poorly on you know what you did at the um, at the trade deadline, what you accomplished at. The, the first straight, you know, earlier in the season, um, to go into a game like that with nobody else but uh, uh, a bullpen game was uh, was really a bad look. Yeah, and and, then, and as much as I like Lavullo, um, I don't know about in, in a do-or-die game putting Miguel Castro in in the second inning. You know,
0: yeah, I, I mean, you look at Castro, uh, Nelson, and Frias, none of them pitched a full inning. All of them gave up at least two hits and three runs. It just, it was not a good outing for the bullpen. And I thought the same thing, Stan. I'm I'm never a fan of a bullpen game. Sometimes you have to do them um, out of necessity during the regular season. But like when the Rays went the entire season, going with their fifth starter was always like a a bullpen opener. I hated it. I just think it's like such a bad um, strategy. And to do it in the postseason, like you said, it's just mind boggling to me that you would set yourself up for failure in that. That way
2: yep yep so, yep.
0: so we, were, we were talking about uh, World Series odds and the Rangers third best odds at nine to one. you look at the Orioles World, World Series odds and again and like you said, it's far too early. no teams have made any moves uh, to this point. The Orioles enter with the ninth tied for the ninth best odds in baseball with uh, at 16 to one, but stand there, tied for fourth in the American League East. Ah, uh, behind the Rays in New York at fifteen to one and tied with the I guess they're tied for third. um and tied with the Jays at sixteen to one. I look at the Rays, I can understand, they won ninety nine games this past season despite having half their roster on on uh, the injured list. But the Yankees, aside from Judge and Garrett Cole, I don't think their roster is close to the Orioles. Is it just because the Yankee they're the Yankees that they're getting that much love after a really down season for them?
2: Well, they, they get the love because they, they've got the money to spend. You sure. know, and those those that's why I wouldn't get that out of shape as some type of disrespect in on November first or November third that the Orioles are behind the Yankees or the Rays right now. You know, the Rays the, the Rays would be the team that would drop precipitously for me with with the uh, lack of starting pitching there, the you know, uncertainty of w- whether they're going to keep glass now or not. So I wouldn't, uh, that's why I wouldn't touch game. I wouldn't touch teams like right now. You know, yeah, got to yep. see, you got to see how their rosters are shaping up, you know, and then that can change dramatically. Suppose John Angeles says, Hey, let's go for it. And he gives him the green light to go sign a pitcher, a big, big time pitcher,
3: mm-hmm. uh
2: the Orioles odds would drop precipitously. But right now, with the team history, with the payroll, the way it's been the last few years, uh, and where it is right now, that's why the Orioles are sixteen to one. It really speaks to how good the, the young players are, the nucleus of that team. But you don't know which way, you know, Mike Elias is gonna be allowed to go.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's 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 far too early before free agency even starts. It's like when the Super Bowl ends and then they come out the next day with the um twenty the next season Super Bowl odds. Like the season just ended and we haven't even hit the draft or gone through free agency yet. So I I understand that. I kind of thought it was early too, but you know that's their job and they have to put out content. So I I, I get it. Now some content coming out. What uh, Zach and I were talking about it a little bit earlier. It is award season for Major League Baseball. We already know Gunnar Henderson won the Rookie of the Year for. A Sporting News, as voted on by his peers. And he also won AL, Outstanding Rookie, um, as voted on by the MLB. Guys,
2: I'm, I'm just curious because I respect both of your opinions. You think that's, that that he is by far and away the rookie of the year in the American League over Josh Young?
0: Um, his, he has a... Everything that he did was better than any other rookie. But Josh Young missed a mu- over a month of the season. I, I, I'm pretty convinced that Young would have won had mm-hmm. he not missed that much time. Correct. That's, yeah,
2: that's what I
3: mean.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah no. Okay.
0: I I think we can all agree on that. Uh, so I, I kind of I see where you're coming from, Sam. Because everybody's talking about he's the shoe in, and I, and when everybody is unanimously saying he's the shoe in, you know he's going to win. But I don't think it should be a runaway for Gunner. I think that that um. That Josh Young had, if he had been healthy, would have had a better season at the end of the at the end of the year, and I I think Tristan Casas had good enough of a season. You can't just completely exclude him, Um, Mm -hmm. you know. But uh, I I think we can all uh, we all know that Gunners likely to win the award. Likely
2: to win it, yeah. But it wouldn't it wouldn't like stun me or sting me if Josh Young won the. You know, because he also had. I guess the vote, though, is taken before the postseason. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, what he did postseason really doesn't count. So, yeah, Gunnar will ninety ninety five percent win it. You
0: know. Yeah, he's already won the other the yeah. other two rookie uh, the, the ones that people talk yeah. about. Aside from the the actual one, he's already won those. Likely to win this mm-hmm. one. Um Anthony Son, uh, well let's get, before we get into that. um the MLBPA, they came out with all of their um, awards this past week. again, Gunner, most outstanding rookie. but Kyle Bradish, uh, he was a finalist for al most outstanding pitcher. Garrett Cole ended up winning, but it really speaks to the how good of a season Kyle Bradish had, and I think that he's firmly putting his name on the map. Your thoughts on that, Stan?
2: Well, there's no question, and uh, it, it didn't pan out that his his one postseason start uh, ended up being effective enough to, to keep his team in the game. Um, but uh, I wrote the column right before there that uh, they call these guys no, the number one starters, aces, and uh, I think he's going into next season, and, and I'm I'm assuming we aren't going to spend that wildly to get, you know, a thirty million dollar pitcher right. to head the staff. I think we're as close to having a number one starter and I always thought Chris Tillman was a very good number two
3: mm-hmm. you know,
2: who who was his consistency was was his trump card. Um but I I think Bradish really goes into next season if he's healthy um as a as a legitimate Possibility of being the Orioles' best starting pitcher since Mike Mussina, you know, meaning he's the guy that you're looking to to be that number one starter.
0: Yeah, I I mean, he had the first uh, sub three ERA over a full season since Mike Mussina in 1992, and I mean, I, I really think that if you look at this Orioles starting rotation, I think you can say Bradish is one, and Grayson Rodriguez is one A um, on this team, and then John Means is a really solid, in my opinion, number two or number or number three, or maybe a, a solid number three with a ceiling of a number two. I look at what this rotation can be, Stan. I kind of look back at um, the the three pitchers that were in Oakland in the early two thousands: Mark Mulder, um, Hudson, and Barry, the, Barry, Barry Zito. Hito. Barry Zito, yeah. Yeah. I kind of look at those three, and maybe the Orioles don't have that third guy in their rotation yet, but I look at this this young staff as a team, as a staff that's really up and coming, but I do believe they need to add at least one more uh, guy, and not a back-end guy, a middle-to-top-of-the-rotation guy.
4: Yeah. I
2: mean, ideally for me, I'd be trying to sign Gibson again on a one-year deal, or even gamble a little bit on a two-year deal, because I think he'd be I don't think he's going to drop so precipitously that you get stuck with him if he's not pitching that well. I think somebody would take him. Mm-hmm. But ideally for me, I'd get Gibson. Um, I wouldn't be talking just a replacement for Gibson. that's a little better. To me, with the uncertainty, with means, uh, I, would, I would still be looking to get a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would keep Gibson – uh, if you can, you know, again, I don't think Gibson he won 15 games and he, he'll probably outprice himself for the Orioles, but he might like so much about what was here that, that he might take a couple million dollars less, you know, on a one or two year deal. So uh, I would be signing him and then looking to get somebody that, that is on par with, um, with Braddish, you know, in terms sure. of where, uh, status, you
0: know, I, I've, I've, I think that they'll kick the tires on Brad, at least kick the tires on Braddish, uh, this off season, not Braddish, I'm sorry, Gibson this off season. And I've seen them linked, uh, it, via trade to Corbin Burns and Shane Bieber. And as a free agent signing Eduardo Rodriguez, I think what Rodriguez is probably priced out of Baltimore, um,
1: I've also heard reports that he's more than likely staying
2: in Detroit. Okay, is what it seems like.
1: Yeah. So uh,
0: I've, again, I've seen I've seen reports
2: that the little bit I've read that the uh, Rays may think he's the perfect guy on a two or three year deal to uh, take the place of Shane McClanahan.
0: Yeah, few uh, guys. The who...
2: Rays have got to do a lot of stuff. They got a lot of work to do with their uh, starting pitching next year.
0: And they always find a way, though, Stan. They always find a way to have some of the best pitching in baseball, so I'm, I'm not going to count them out by any stretch. Um, now, with the Silver Slugger Awards, I think that you could probably count out Anthony There, He is a finalist, but he's going up against Randy arosa Aaron Judge, Adoles Garcia, Kyle Tucker, and Julio Rodriguez. I don't think he has a shot to win that, Stan, um, even though they do have three winners. But I do think that Gunner and Adley have a very strong chance um, at their collective positions. Gunner uh, squaring off against Brandon Drury, Isak Paredes, and Whit Merrifield for the utility spot. And Adley against Salvador Perez and Cal Rowley. If Adley doesn't win, it's a travesty. He blew them both out of the water um, all, all the way across the board. Gunner, I think he could win, but Isak Paredes will give him a run for his money. What, what are the Orioles' chances, do you think, with those three Silver Slugger finalists?
2: Well, I agree with you. Uh, I don't think Santander has much of a chance. I mean, that, that doesn't mean he's not a real good player or somebody I'd like to hold on to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other two have much better chances. No question about it. I don't really follow the Silver Slugger Award that closely. Uh, it's, it's not something I pay great attention to. You know, for me, if you're just talking Silver Slugger, I don't know the definition of what a Silver Slugger is. Maybe you or Zach do, but uh, Cal Riley is, is uh, you know, he's a really good power hitter. But I don't know if it factors in batting average and all that stuff. So uh, it's not really an award I pay close
0: to. It's supposed to be the best offensive player at each position. Um, mm-hmm. in, in the league, in the American League, and then in the National League, um, Cal Rowley had a 30 homer season, but Adley Rutschman was better across the board, except for the home runs and the RBIs, and he had a higher OPS plus, um, mm-hmm. and a, and a far higher WAR. Uh, and Salvador Perez, he's in there because that's his name. Um, he was a below league average hitter this year. I think Adley runs away with it, but um, but it, it, it's. It's a fun award for uh, individual players on individual teams, uh, but you're right, Stan, it amounts to a hill of beans. I mean, how many players have won uh, a Silver Slugger for having a mediocre in my eyes, season? It, it happens all the time, but, you know, it's something to talk about in the off season. And then finally, yeah. Stan, before we let you go, I don't think any of us expect the Orioles to be big players at the top of the free agent market, but do you anticipate any extensions this off season? Anthony Santander might be a prime candidate, for example.
2: Um, I, I'm, I'm just still not sure of where this organization is heading in that direction. You know? mm-hmm. Um, so if I, if I had to choose somebody I thought might get an extension, it might be, it might be Hayes or Mullins, whichever one they, they, uh, you know, really have, have confidence in. And I don't think it'll be like a six year extension. I think it might be like a three year or four year type of deal but yeah. uh I, I wouldn't I don't think that's real high on michael Elias's chart right now,
0: probably you know? not I'd imagine that that it's yeah. not, but I do think that Mullins is probably the most likely of the three outfielders if they think they can have Santander maybe at or below market value, which is probably a fifteen to eighteen million dollar a year player maybe they'll 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 um present him with an offer but i I don't think that they look at Austin Hayes as an extension candidate, and I, I think that with Mullins, because there's nobody else that can play center field as well uh, as he does, I don't know, at least not at the upper levels of the minor leagues, I don't know that they that they feel like there's another option that would be better than Mullins over the next three seasons. So we will certainly see how that plays out as the offseason is just starting. Um, Stan, before we let you go, what do you got coming up this week?
2: Um. Just finished up a really good interview we did with Eric Garland talking about the pitching prospects in the in the league. Ross and Luke and I are going to go on Tuesday, and then on Thursday at seven o'clock. I'm not sure the time we're going to do thir- uh, Tuesday with Ross and Luke, but Thursday I've got Chris Corman, uh, who's the uh, 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 <laughs> the editor of the uh, sports department at the Baltimore Banner.
0: Okay, well, we will certainly look forward to watching those, Stan. I know you've got a big weekend ahead of you, so enjoy your weekend, and we will talk to All you right. next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Take See care. you. And that was Stan, the fan Charles, who continues his weekly baseball shows throughout the playoffs and offseason. Every Monday, Stan is joined by former Orioles pitcher Ross Grimsley and Pressbox's managing editor Luke Jackson to break down the latest with the Birds. Every Thursday night, Stan and Gary Stein will chat with a different newsmaker from the world of sports. This week, Stan and Ross were joined by Orioles legend Rick Dempsey. And then Stan caught up with Eric Garfield from Florida Prospect Report to discuss Orioles pitching prospects. You can watch the shows live at facebookcom pressbox or find them the next day at pressboxonline.com slash video and youtube.com slash pressboxonline. We got to catch a break. When we come back in, Zach will sound off and then we'll go over some Orioles and baseball banter that's next on the bat Around.
5: Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code PRESSBOX23. So bet with the best and use promo code PRESSBOX23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Make the most out of it every day in
6: your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. The latest edition of Press Box is available now.
7: On the cover, Todd Karpovich profiles the Orioles' survivors. Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, and Ryan Mancastle, who all came from the previous regime but stuck through tough times to be key pieces in guiding the franchise. Back to prominence. Also inside, we remember the iconic Brooks Robinson with tributes from Jim Eneman and myself, Stan the Fan Charles, and a trip down memory lane to remember the most significant moments of his career. Plus, we meet players from college basketball programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com.
9: There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on, where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Costas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasInn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. In at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410 477 1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders.
5: Visit Hartford County, gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ladue Christmas at Ladue Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along to holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome.
7: What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? AJ Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com.
0: Alright, welcome back to the bat round Today's show is brought to you by PressBox's Glenn Clark Radio, which is the definitive place to find the best daily discussion of Baltimore sports. Watch the show every weekday from 10 to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports Or listen at PressBoxOnline.com radio with podcasts available on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. You never know who might pop up on GCR. This week, the guys are joined by Ravens defensive tackle Michael Pierce, former defensive coordinator Marvin Lewis, NBC's Chris Sims, and CBS play-by-play legend Jim Nance. You can find those interviews as well as season previews with all of the area's college basketball coaches in this week's Glenn Clark Radio Week in Review feature at Pressbox online.com uh, the season previews with all the areas uh, college basketball coaches one of my first shows with Glenn I was maybe three weeks in um, maybe probably more like two no probably two three weeks in okay um, to my to my career as his producer my short career as his producer we did the the college basketball coaches um, show mm-hmm. and we started at 9 a.m. And still ran well past noon. Yeah, because we inter- we had like ten guys on, and each guy got like twenty minutes. Wow! It was wow. um, it was a it was a lot. It was a lot. It was um, but it was fun. You know what I mean? We had to do it in the conference room at the old um, mill building or whatever whatever the hell that was called. Uh, we had to do it in the conference room. Meadow Mill, Meadow Mill was, building. Yeah. Um, but it was it was a lot of fun. If you have if you happen to miss this week, this year's preview, go check it out uh, on the Glenn Clark Radio Week in Review feature at Glenn Clark Radio uh, PressboxOnline.com. Excuse me, um, and check it out because it's a lot of fun. Gives you a lot of intel on the seasons. Maryland men's basketball. Man, I'm so done with the football program. <laughs> like they've they lost the la- each of the last two games. They've lost the teams that they were favored to beat by more than 14 points, and I posted on on Twitter last week after they lost that game. I was like, "This team sucks, Maryland. Like, what's the point of they even? Do. They what's do. the point of even fielding a team if you can't even win your conference? Let alone be in play for a national championship? Like, what are you like the Pinstripe Bowl, the the Duke's Mayo Bowl? Like, what is the freaking point?
1: I'm not going to pretend to know what their character's name is, but he's horrible. Mm-hmm. He misses every kick that's more than like thirty yards. It's, yeah. It's weird because you see a team like Maryland that's a really good Mike Mike Loxley is known as a recruiter. He's known as a guy who gets really good talent to Maryland, which is a big school, but you're it's not the Alabama, the Georgia of the world. So he gets these good players, yet they have a kicker who cannot make more than 30-yard field goals. He misses everything, and, and they're, he shanks some of them so badly. I don't want to call this guy out. I don't even know his name, but he's really bad. And it's Le- like it's a good, it's like a, I guess, microcosm is the word of yeah. the entire
0: football team. Well, I'll tell you, the only player's name that I know with any regularity is Leo. Yeah. yeah. He, he's he's the only one because, frankly, they don't give you a reason to pay attention. No, they, right. they, they really don't. The last, last I think two years ago, they started 4-0. And then got their asses handed to them by uh, Iowa on in, on primetime television. Last year, I think they started four, or five, and zero, and then ended up winning what eight games. This year, they start five and zero. They yeah. hang with Ohio State for three quarters, and then they get their doors blown off by like <laughs> twenty-four points in the third quarter. And, I mean, in the fourth quarter, and then they lose back-to-back games that they should have won against inferior opponents. Like Maryland's defense is really good. Their offense is a I almost cursed. Their 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 offense is like it leaves a lot to be desired. They they, yeah. they seem to be able to move the ball between the twenties, and then they just fall apart. And like you said, their kicker's not any good. I like they're playing Penn State today. I picked them in our picks league to cover, not to win, but right, I, right, I, but I picked cover, them yeah, to cover right. because they're at home. Everybody knows that, like they know that everybody's calling them a fraud. Um, they're gonna play hard. I don't think they're going to lose by 11. But if they lose by 50, it would not surprise me. Like, this team is, like, what's the freaking point
1: i almost put ten dollars or not not ten dollars it was, like, was going to be like five dollars on like a plus 2500 odds bet um where maryland had to to lose both the first quarter and the money line to penn state in the long run i didn't end up placing it but it probably would have been a good bet because maryland is not going to win this game they're no, not going to win this game I, I don't watch this team that often but i know they're not going to win this game
0: and, and somebody called me out on twitter they were like um this team has done this they've done that you're not a real fan. And I said, <laughs> no, I'm not a real fan. Because... Right. I'm not either. I don't they haven't me. been consistently good since I was in high school. Yeah. And they haven't won a national championship in 70 years. Yeah. Like, I... I, I, I the Baltimore Orioles, they're my hometown team. Yeah. They're my hometown team. The Baltimore Ravens are my hometown team. The Maryland Terrapins... They they should be my hometown team, and with basketball, I follow. My, I love Maryland basketball, mm-hmm. and I, I I'm so happy that Kevin Willard's here and has this program getting back to national prominence because they never should have left uh, national prominence. Um, but Maryland football, and I've seen Final Four teams from the Terps, and I've seen a sure. national championship from the Terps. I've seen the Ravens win a Super Bowl. Never seen the Orioles win a, win uh win a World Series, but that's my my love, my first passion ever. We're getting there you know, we're getting there, exactly, was the, was the Orioles. Maryland Terps football has been a steaming pile of human crap my entire life. Literally my entire life. And I didn't go to school there. Yeah. I went to Towson. You know, I, I have more of a... And Towson's garbage, too, right now. Um, <laughs> oh, so I don't, yeah. I don't know anybody on that team. I mean, they're Division three. Who the hell pays attention to? Well, or Division A or whatever the crap it is. Um, who pays attention to Towson I went Steve to, I
1: went to every... Well, Steve Molesky was at every home game that I ever went to. I always mm-hmm. saw Steve there. I think he's got but, season tickets. Uh, my roommate and I in college went to just about every home game if we could. We even sat through. There was one torrential downpour. Raining like you've never seen it. I mean, it was just... We were soaked by the end of it, but we sat through the entire thing, and it, it was entertaining. Like it was just the, the fun part of like being there in the rain. It was like 35 degrees in, mm-hmm. in November, and it was awesome. But uh, it, you're not there for the football. Yeah, you're not, you're not there for the football. If you expect, I remember going to a game against North Dakota State, who at that point had Trey Lance, and Trey Lance just walked all over Towson mm-hmm. for four quarters, and I think we lost by like 42. Yeah, we still stayed. The entire game was fun. I don't know. It was, was, it, was there a lot of imbibing going on? I guess. I don't remember. I, I guess. This could have even have been the rain game. This might have been the one where it was just pouring. I don't remember. They all run together. Uh,
0: and, and I I think Terrence West was at Towson.
1: Years ago, yeah. When I was there. Probably when or you were ma- there. Or
0: maybe the year after. Let me let me look up real Yeah, I would quick. say
1: Terrence West was right there in 14, maybe. 14, 13? Let's... Uh, he was a really, he was a damn good player. He, he was a, it was a good player. And there's a current player on Pittsburgh who is a Towson Tiger. Um, a corner, I believe, or a safety. I can't remember. But, uh, he was a little bit before my time.
0: So Terrence West would have been, it was 2013 or 2014. Okay, I was yeah. living in Towson. Yeah. When they went to play for the national championship. So I think it was from the, for the 2013 season. They, that was when they played for the national championship and lost. Um, but I never went to a game because at that point I didn't know they were good, and I worked on Saturdays in the restaurant, and so like I was like not go able to go to any of the games. I wish I would have taken advantage of that—the fact that I lived in Towson that was so close to campus. And free games too. Yeah, don't and pay I, anything. Like I, I I could have gone to them, but I never did. And I also I didn't have any friends at Towson. Um, it's <laughs> that sounds so sad. Um, <laughs> it's not that I didn't have friends in life. But I was 29 when I graduated college. I wasn't there for friends. I was there to go to class and then go to work and pay my bills. So, like, I didn't go to social functions. I didn't make friends with my classmates. I didn't do any of that. It was go to school, go to work. That was my life. There was nothing else in between. When I did have a social life and hang out with my friends, it was the friends that I had from, you know, the uh, my previous ten years of being an adult, right? Not these, not these like nineteen, twenty, twenty-one year olds right. at Towson that were all <laughs> a decade younger than me, right? Yeah, you know, be a so weird. so it's not like I was like going out and seeing the social scene at Towson. But the whole point of this is that Maryland Maryland football is just straight garbage to me. Yes, and I I, I will pay attention to Maryland basketball and root for that. Maryland football, no, I'm not a real fan. Because they've never given me a reason to be. You're, and I don't have that... That like, If they had been like national championship contenders every year yeah. when I was younger, okay, I'd be a huge Maryland fan. And that's the way I am with basketball. But with, with football, what the hell have you ever done in my lifetime? You had like four good seasons in my entire life. Like four 10-win seasons in my entire life. Like This means absolutely nothing to yeah. me. And I want it to. I want it to. I want them to be good. But this was like their best chance... To be a 10 win team this year um, and to really put themselves on the map. Uh, Maybe never for a national championship, but at least a a perennial top 25 team. And they've shit the crap the bed. Man, I am getting really lax with only a couple weeks left of this show. They've crapped the bed completely. Mike Loxley, great recruiter, mediocre coach. Very mediocre. Make him the head of recruiting and get a real head football coach in here. Maryland is. They were a founding member of the ACC. They are to me. They should be, and I know they're not in the ACC anymore. They should be a team that is consistently on the map in every big sport. I agree with that. For not being not being anybody like if Duke and North Carolina, like known as big time basketball schools. Yeah. If they can get to top ten rankings, Maryland can. There's no. Yeah. And, and all the players, all the good football players that come from this state that go play at Alabama and LSU and Texas and Penn State, I don't care how good of a recruiter you are, the best players in the state aren't playing for your school well and i think that's a problem
1: and what confuses me too is that you have adley rutchman who can kick a 60 yard field goal in high school but they can't get a kicker right now that can make a a field goal over 30 yards i'm telling you it's it's really bad if you haven't watched it this team is they're they're not very good from what i've seen and i've i've watched probably five games this year six games this year and they're not very good i i I especially saw the early ones where they won and they won in a pretty i guess deciding fashion in a lot Mm -hmm. of those games early on but they're not a very good team I'm not even going to try to – Talia, I believe is how you say his name,
3: mm-hmm.
1: doesn't make big-time throws for the most part. Once in a while, he'll drop a dot like 40 yards down the field where it's like, wow, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. But most of the time, he – the arm strength isn't very good. He just kind of – I don't know. He's, he's a lot like his brother. I don't think his brother's very good at all either. I'm not a big Tua fan. Never happened. He doesn't, he doesn't throw very hard but he's got really really great receivers on he, Miami he, to help he, him out he,
0: he knows how to put a lot of air under a football he, he and, let, does. and let his speedy he has like to the two fastest receivers in the NFL and
1: and the, and the big thing about Tua that he doesn't make mistakes and yeah. that, that's he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions and I'll give him credit there i just think he doesn't have a lot of arm talent like you you see a lot worse quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield who have way better arm talent than Tua mm-hmm. does but Tua makes good decisions and he has Tyreek Hill yeah, and that helps, and Jalen Waddle,
0: <laughs> so and, it helps, and Chase Claypool if he can if yeah. ever pull his head out Chase of his own Claypool. butt, but uh, but yeah, I have, I have like Maryland, I think will cover today, but again, if they lose by fifty, it's did you bet gonna... on it or no? It's for okay. um, the weekly press box picks gotcha. that, that we gotcha. do, um, and Maryland when they play is always one of the games, and <clears throat> fourteen point favorites against Northwestern and what was it, Illinois. Uh, the last two weeks, yeah, and they lost both of those games. Yeah, that's just effing terrible. Like it's, Northwestern, <laughs> yeah, man. Like, yeah, this isn't a, this isn't a good football team, and it's shameful. The
1: Twitter timeline is raging when they lost to Northwestern. It was they, should, they should have been
0: raging when they lost to Illinois.
1: But here's the thing: they I I also feel like with Maryland again, I'm not a fan. I don't watch this team like I probably should since so I go to the school. However. I think they played out of their competition just like the Ravens do. I I, th- I believe that to be the case. I could be wrong. But that means today, maybe they'll come out against Penn State, who's what, ranked 11th or 10th, I think? Something like that. Um, maybe 8th, I don't know. And, and give them you know a little bit of a competition for three quarters. Yeah. Uh, they, I don't know. They,
0: they It could be. But then every, I remember during the pandemic in 2020, they, they blew the doors off of Penn State. And it mm-hmm. was like, oh my God, they beat Penn State. But I also remember the year... That, weren't they trying to get Jalen Hurts to play at Maryland? I think... They were trying to get him to transfer at one point. I don't know. Yeah, year this and was. and the game that he came to was I think it was their homecoming against Penn State and they lost like 52 to nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Penn State just blows them away except for 2020 when everybody when everybody was like really sick apparently. Um not apparently. Everybody was sick. Everybody was. Yeah. yeah. Um th- like <laughs> n- Now that I think about it, I, I should have picked Penn State cuz Penn Penn State is going to beat them by 40. Today. You're
1: not gonna make much money off that bet but um, if you make a bet I um, know you're talking about the press box thing but yeah. uh, if you make a bet you're gonna make very little off of a off of Penn State bet Exactly know, exactly
0: but- so um, we didn't have a sounding off segment for today so we just talked about Maryland football for 15 minutes yeah um, and how much I hate them um, be- <laughs> and I, I want to love them but they've never given me a reason yeah, not, well, not in tw- it's been 20 years since they gave me a reason to, to enjoy their, their program. And every year they start out 4-0, 5-0, and I'm like, oh. But now I've come to realize it never lasts. They'll be lucky to win six games this year. (laughs) Seriously. six. They they need one more win to be bowl eligible, and they might not get it. I think they'll get
1: it. One win? It's not going to be today, but I think they'll get it. I I also haven't looked at the schedule, to be fair. Well,
0: I'll I'll, I'll take a look at the schedule right now. You, You were about to say something, weren't you?
1: No, I actually, I actually wasn't. Um, but next week, for our final week, we will have a good sounding off segment. Now that the playoffs are over, more news actually comes out. Once, once the new the, the playoffs happen, and especially the World Series starts, there's just very little news that, that comes out. So, not a lot to sound off on. But I like your Maryland football segment. That was uh, that was interesting. I again, I should watch the team a lot more than I do, given that I go to the school. I don't think I get free tickets to the games, but I've never even checked on that. Um, not that I would drive. I down think you America, have to anyway. like apply for them. Like they have Probably. their student
0: section that gets free tickets, I believe. Yeah. But you have to like wait in line and i don't know as, as, <coughs> it's probably
1: different for grad students than it is undergrad i really don't know maybe but, um i probably are you like on campus no 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 um i live 40 minutes away no but i roughly. mean like do you go on campus no i'm all online so okay. i never have to go on campus luckily but uh I wouldn't go anyway, I think if, if, even if I got free tickets. <laughs>
0: you, you probably have to be, like live on campus, probably and, or at least take classes on campus to get the tickets. I Towson was
1: giving those things away like nothing. I mean, you, if you were a student, you got it. Like, I mean that's, that's all it was. A but
0: significantly smaller stadium, different, and different. they still didn't fill it. So right. um, look, Maryland's got Penn State today. they've got Nebraska next week, Yikes. and they've got Michigan the week after Yikes. that, and then their final game is November 25th against Rutgers. Are you going to be shocked if th- it comes down to that <laughs> game against Rutgers and they need no, one win to I get into be, I, th- into the into a bowl? I wouldn't <clears> be shocked. <throat> I think Rutgers would win that game too. This team should be eight one, or I'm sorry, seven and one right now. They should be seven and one, and they're five and three, facing a really tough stretch in their schedule to close things out. <clears throat> they, I think they'll beat Rutgers. Yeah, but I don't I would think I, so. And maybe Nebraska. I remember when, when Nebraska, when Nebraska was a powerhouse, and now like they, they're just uh, they, they used to produce. I
1: think they still do, it, but like really, really big, good O linemen That's what I, I know about Nebraska. They every year in the NFL draft, it would be you know a guard out of out of Nebraska that would just
0: be massive, like three hundred fifty pounds. You know, unreal size guys. The Cornhuskers. They've lost to Minnesota, Colorado. They beat Northern Illinois. Beat Louisiana Tech. They lost to Michigan, forty-five to seven. Beat Illinois, twenty to seven. Beat Northwestern, seventeen to nine. Beat Purdue, 31-14. So that what's their friggin' record? Are you gonna like? Are they gonna tell me <laughs> what's their, their friggin' record? What's their friggin' record? Are They gonna tell me their record? N- Nebraska is in the Big Ten West. Obviously, they are five and three overall. Yeah. Four and one at home. They're gonna beat Maryland. They're gonna beat Maryland. Yeah, they, they, the, they probably will. They'll, they'll win that game. So it's gonna come down to playing Rutgers, who is six and two overall, wow. and five and zero oh at home. And that game's at home. The Maryland's not going to a bowl. They're gonna lose every game the rest of the way. <laughs> They're going to lose. They might. They very every well might. Every game the rest of the season. This is a baseball show. What the hell is happening right now?
1: This was, this was the longest non-baseball uh. season we've ever had in the three and a half years of the bat around. That's yeah. pretty crazy. It, it, it,
0: Zach, it's four years. We, we've we've done years. we've done four yeah. baseball seasons. It's four years. I guess it, it's like if you go by year by year, it's been three years. Yeah, but it's been four seasons. Four seasons. Yeah, four years of the battle round. It's amazing. Get it right.
1: I'm sorry. I I'm just, just kidding. I'm just kidding. I should just resign right now. Well, you already did. <laughs> uh, you, it's just next week.
0: Oh. Um. So anyway, um. Orioles banter. We're talk about free agency here. Um, Orioles free agents Jack Flaherty Kyle Gibson Adam Frazier Aaron Hicks Shintaro Fujinami um, of these I think the only one that's back is Fuji I think he's the only one back and like we said with Stan I think that they're going to kick the tires on Kyle Gibson again just to have him be it, just to see how much he wants to come back maybe they excuse me maybe they've already had that conversation with him um, and if they miss out on all the free agent pitchers like they did last year yeah. at the winter meetings and like they did at the deadline and when they ended up with the ghost of Jack Flaherty, um, <laughs> then I, I, maybe they'd be more inclined to bring Kyle Gibson back if he took a more team-friendly deal to be back here yeah. again to have that continuity. He hasn't played for the same team two years in a row,
9: right. maybe ever.
0: Um, <laughs> long it's been a while. Yeah. But I, I will say, I, to Stan's comment,
1: if this is a two-year, $6 million deal, I'm all in. But if it's like...
0: He got 11 million yeah, last
1: year. Yeah, I know. that. That's And that's why I really that's th- This is a demonstration, I, I should say, of my not wanting Kyle Gibson back. Mm-hmm. I don't want Kyle Gibson back. If it's two years, six million, I'm all in. But if it's any more than that, I'm all out. I, I don't really think that Kyle Gibson can replicate what he did last year. I
0: just don't think so. I really don't believe that's going to be the case. I see that. I can see that. And I don't think that you want your four and five starters to be Dean Kramer and Kyle Gibson. Exactly. I, I don't think Kyle Gibson is a horrible pitcher. By and any I don't means. think Dean Kramer is a horrible no, pitcher. No,
1: neither of them. Dean Kramer finished pr- pretty strong and he had some good starts here and there throughout the season. Dreadful in the playoffs. Dreadful in the playoffs. Dreadful. Really, really, really. But, well, everyone was. For, Kyle Bradish was good, but yeah. uh, Grayson Rodriguez and uh, Dean, Dean Kramer, Kramer were horrendous. However, I look, I look at... I look at Kyle Gibson and I say, this is a guy that in 2021 I would have been dying to have. Mm-hmm. But in 2024...
0: I mean, he's 36 years old. Uh, yeah. Coming I, off a season where he's ERA... Coming off back-to-back years where it was like 535 and then 478. Yeah, he won 15 games, but that's why wins are are meaningless. Someone else is going to
1: pay him the, probably $20, 30000000 million, what he wants, and they can have him. And, and, and I'm fine with that. Here's
0: the other thing, man. I don't think that you can afford to have both... And I don't mean a Ford cost-wise. I mean a Ford for the sake of your franchise. Yeah, I don't think you can afford to have both Dean Kramer and Kyle Gibson in 2024. They're the same dude. Yeah. One or the other. And Kramer's got a higher
1: ceiling, I think. Uh, Kramer still has probably something left you can get out of him more than what he's showing you.
0: Yeah, he's still in his his mid to late 20s. It's not like he's 36 also. Um, But Dean Kramer in my opinion, isn't a big game pitcher. No, he's not. He's I think not. Kyle Gibson actually has more of that in him to be a big game pitcher when you yes. need a great start out of him that he can give it to you. And, and look, Dean Kramer had some nice starts and some big games this past season, and I know what was weighing on him when he made that postseason yeah. start. That was one of the decisions that I thought Brandon Hyde made a mistake because he doesn't tell him until the day before, and it's right in the middle of while his 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 home country is getting ravaged. Right. Like, th- start Kyle Gibson. Man. Well, I,
1: I I didn't want to say it then in case it come back. It came back on me, but I, I thought Kyle Gibson's story the moved there. I really
0: yeah. I there
1: in the back of my mind, I was saying you're starting a guy who has a lot of other things on his mind right now, mm-hmm. and he, Kyle Gibson's got experience. Not a lot. It's not a lot of. It's not like he's won five World Series or something. But this guy's got experience. Yeah, he's I don't been th- there. I don't think Kyle Gibson goes out and gives up six
0: runs in an inning. And I the don't third. think so
1: either. I think you you would have gotten about five innings of three run ball or four run ball yeah which would have been okay
0: yeah and, and, and honestly I think you would have gotten six innings of two run ball out really? of him. Okay. I think he would have he would have given you that in that moment because we saw him do it all year yeah right I, I think that's what you would have and then maybe you're not dead in the water in the eighth inning down seven to one Right. You know, um, so I, I don't know.
1: It, this maybe nullifies my point a little bit. Maybe, maybe Kyle Gibson is worth a little bit of the money. But then again, I just think, again, you look at a team that won 101 games and you want to win more. You might not win more next year. Or the team might be better and you still might not win more. However, I think you got to get a guy who's better than Kyle Gibson and Dean Kramer. I think you got to go out there and get <coughs> a real pitcher who has a really high ceiling and a guy who's going to do big things for you.
0: I agree. And I don't think it comes in free agency. Yeah, I don't think it is. Either. I, th- I think it's it it's got to come through a trade. I don't like, and yeah. I hate that. I hate that this team, for as good as they are, has shown no willingness to spend that kind of money. Yeah. The fact that we aren't sure that Anthony Santander is going to be here because he's making twelve and a half He's due to make over twelve million between twelve yeah. and thirteen million in arbitration this year. The fact that we think that there's a chance that they could either trade him or just sign him to the arbitration and then let him walk because they don't want to pay more than that for yeah. him. Like, like I hate that. Like like what are we doing here you know it, it's not like this team has been cheap my entire life they they had a top 5 payroll from like 1996 through like 2000 and then they spent a ton of money yeah. when the team was good from 20 from 2013 through 2016 they had a payroll north of 120 million they've got half of that right now and they're showing to me no willingness to spend more um, because why pay these guys when we've got young guys in the system and I get that there there's yeah there's a point to that but you you can't have a team of nothing but 23 year olds yeah you've right. got to have some, Justin Turner, if you can get Justin Turner for eighteen million dollars this year, you do it. You do it. Yeah, I do that. You know, uh, he can play first base. He can play third base. He can DH. Is JD Martinez a free agent again this year? Or? He is, but they, they they want more flexibility out of their DH. Uh, he literally fair. can't play anywhere in the field, um, which is already their concern with Heston
1: Kirstad. And right. now you're going to add another guy in, yeah, and
0: and you've got Santander on yeah. your roster, uh, like that's not a thing i i don't think i i, I like last year i thought it would have made sense this coming season i don't think it makes any sense and justin turner from an offensive standpoint it makes sense and at least he can yep. play the corners the corner infield spots so i i've got a nagging
1: feeling though that aaron hicks is coming back i i just feel like aaron hicks is coming back i they I,
0: see and that's the thing because i think austin hayes should ultimately end up being by midseason the fourth outfielder on this team.
1: He probably should. And and Stan made the point last week, I believe, that Aaron Hicks is probably going to get a good offer somewhere. He might get a good offer. But he might look at the Orioles and say, hey, that's a really good opportunity to come back and be a fourth outfielder, even though their offer isn't as big as the other guys. He wants to start, I would imagine. Maybe. I, I, he probably really enjoyed his role on this team last year. He played a lot. Even if he wasn't a, a starter, mm-hmm. he, he played it, a he lot. He played
0: a lot, especially... Like, he was kind of out of necessity... Um, I don't want him back. You, don't I, don't, want him back. I, I don't. I don't want want him think back anybody either.
1: wants him back. Um, I just have this nagging feeling that Michael Elias and Brandon Hyde really
0: liked what they saw. at yeah, him. Man, the, the guys that they hitched their wagons to is so amazing to me. Ruvanetto, yeah. door, right? Ryan right. McKenna, Adam Fraser. It's like yeah, and,
1: and a few of the things Rock has wrote, and I, I don't know specifically what what I'm talking about here, but just <laughs> some of the stuff that I've I wrote. don't know what I'm talking about. But whatever <laughs> Rock wrote, well, there's some things that I've read. I again, I don't remember when or what they were called, but. He makes it sound like they were really, really pleased with the, what they got at Aaron Hicks. And that, How could that, you not
0: be? That, yeah, I guess. I mean, it, let's. I mean, if you look at Aaron Hicks and what he did for the Orioles once he got here, just getting out of New York, Aaron Hicks in New York compared to in Baltimore. Let's look at this real quick. New York, 188, 263, 261, yeah. 524. One home run, five RBIs in 28 games. For the Orioles, in 65 games, 275, 381, 425, 806. Seven doubles, seven home runs, 31 RBIs, six stolen bases was not was not called stealing. Yeah. That's a good player. Yeah. Is he going to do that for you again next year? And not and a do a full and, year. And do we have to watch him jog after baseballs again well certainly
1: the beginning of the year he's probably going to do that because he you know he looks to to save his body for the the stretch i i don't know i it's it's a good player on paper i'm not sure i agree with uh that assertion from the eye test
0: if you know what i mean 127 ops plus with the orioles amazing And, and which tied his career high from 2018 it doesn't seem like that was the case for him. It, mm-hmm.
1: it the, These numbers paint him to be a little better than he was. But then again, you, I, I he's believe... He's a career 233 hitter. Yeah. I believe the Orioles like him a lot. I just think he's a Brandon Hyde guy. I, it, yeah. he, it's sticking in the back of my mind. And when you said that only Fujinami's coming back, if they can get Aaron Hicks back on a, I don't know, $7 million deal, I think they're going to do it.
0: But then he's going to play all the time.
1: He's going to play all the time. If, yeah. he's,
0: if he's making $7 million, yeah. he's going to play... All well, I don't think he's going to take
1: less than that. I, I don't think well, then he shouldn't be here, yeah. Well, then I, I, I agree with that as well. I, I don't want him back, I just think he's an
0: Orioles guy. Maybe I, he's not hitting 275 next year. I think you see him closer to 233. Yeah, and, and and here's the thing nobody's gonna play left field better than Austin Hayes. That's his spot until Colton Callacher yeah. proves that he can be a productive big league hitter. Um, nobody's gonna play center field other than Cedric Mullins, except for when he needs a day off or if he gets injured, right. Right field, is it Santander? Is it Kerstad? Yeah. Is it somebody else not in the organization? <clears throat> is it is it Connor Norby? He played sure. 27 games in the outfield. Is it Jordan Westberg? You know, um, is it Kobe Mayo by the by by midseason? You, you you're going to have options there. The more you say it, the more I think Aaron Hicks is coming back. You son of a.
1: I'm so sorry. Well, uh, look, I I just see it. I just see it, and I, whether it happens or not, I bet you they will make an offer.
0: Oh, I guarantee they will. They're going to make an offer. I guarantee they will. Um, it might be low ball. It might be, hey, we'll bring you back one year, four million.
1: By the way, just just floating this. This is uh, this is not going to happen. I'm going to preface this with with that. It's not going to happen. Juan Soto would be. He's due uh around like twenty three million in arbitration this year. I think he's a free agent after this year. Yeah. If the Orioles could make a play and get Juan Soto, they would.
0: I think that puts them. They have to be one of the favorites for the World Series. They're
1: probably the best team in baseball if they get one. Man, the Braves are still really good. Yeah, that, but they they would be up there with the best teams in baseball if they got
0: Juan Soto. Yeah, I mean that's the guy you hit third in your order, and right, you, just, you put him there, and you and you go. That is
1: the middle of the order bat we've been saying they need for this long. Yeah, and,
0: if you if your if your team is if your top three hitters are Gunner Adley right. Soto. See, I, I've thought about it, too. I try not to put it out there because it's, I know it's not happening. No, it's not You happen. probably don't have to give up as much as you would think to get him, and maybe they would take a guy like Colton Calzer. Yeah. Would you trade Colton Calzer oh, in, yeah. in a package oh. for Juan Soto? Without for, thinking. For, for one year of with, Juan Soto? With, without thinking. Yeah, I mean, if, if it makes him World Series favorites. Right. Um, well, let's let's talk about this a little bit. Um, free agents by position, that came out yesterday. Okay. They don't need a catcher. They've got... Um, James McCann under contract as their backup this year. They've got Adley Rutschman, and then Samuel Basayo is one of the top prospects in baseball. Yep. Um, so they don't they don't need a catcher. Do the Orioles need a first baseman? Probably more than we think. Yeah, because uh, is Ryan O'Hearn gonna do what he did this year next year?
1: No. Has Ryan
0: <laughs> has no. has Ryan Mountcastle proven? That he's your everyday first baseman? Definitely not. Even even more of a no than the no I just answered with. Right. <laughs> so then you look at your first basemen, um that are out there: Reese Hoskins, no; Josh Bell, yeah,
3: well,
0: yeah; Carlos Santana, hell no; no way, hell no; ancient; Br- um, Brandon Belt, mm, not not an everyday player at May- this point, maybe but not for a lot of money. Donovan Solano, no. no. Yeah, the fact that I barely know who Donovan Solano is and he's 36 <laughs> says all you need yeah, to know. No. Garrett Cooper? No. no. G-Man Choi? Hell no. I, I hate G-Man Choi. G-Man Choi's terrible. I hate G-Man Choi. Yeah. He batted fourth at, like every year yeah. for the Rays. Like, he is awful.
1: And then he went to the Pirates last year. Bro. Yeah, like, so, no. no. G-Man Choi? W-
0: CJ Crone. No.
1: no. No, no, no. No. Trey Mancini?
0: No. Love him? No. Sorry. Eric Hosmer? No. Jake Lamb? No. Luke Voigt? Two years ago, yes. Yeah, if he could bounce back, but that that dude went. I'd take him on like a minor league deal. He went. I, I could see that. He yeah. Give him like like let him be this year's Ryan O'Herm, but a little yeah. bit more power. Um, Jesus Aguilar, no. Joey Votto, he's he's going to retire. He's going to retire. Yuli Gurriel, he's forty. No, no way. No, there, no way. The there's only really three first basemen that I'd even take a flyer on. Like Crone would be a maybe. I guess. So so Luke Voigt, I agree a minor league deal with an yeah. invite to spring training. Um, Josh Bell, Josh Bell would be a consideration. Yeah, switch hitter. I think there was too much pressure on him in Cleveland to be like that that big free agent guy. He was the only guy who could hit in that lineup, except I, for Jose Ramirez. Yeah, well, Jose Ramirez and Josh Naylor, I guess, gets credit. Um, and then Brandon Belt because I think he's a veteran hitter and he plays good defense. Yeah. Um, but he would have to hit like seventh. In, I wanted Brennan Belt last year. I and did he too. actually ended up having a pretty decent year. He had, he had a good year. Yeah. Yeah, will you do me a favor? Um, will you just text Bob and let him know we're going to be calling uh, probably around eleven thirty-five instead of eleven thirty? Sure. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely sure I have his number, but I can. Yeah, I do. I do. Okay. Yeah. Just text him. Let him know. Say hey, Zach. You know we're going to be calling at eleven thirty-five if that's okay. Because um, I, I do. I do want to do this. Uh, as far as second baseman. I don't think the Orioles need one. Because you've got Jordan Westberg, you've got Jackson Holliday, you've got Connor Norby, I don't think they need one. But I wouldn't be surprised if they bring in a veteran guy that can play the infield like they've done with Frazier and Odor the last two years, who, by the way, um, if you look in the middle of this list, three consecutive former Orioles, Adam Frazier, Jonathan Scope, and Neto Odor, who is still only 30 somehow. I feel like he's been around for like 15 years. <laughs> it won't happen. He's no way. Um Elvis Andrews. 4.6 no war last this year? year. Yeah. Four point six war. Where did that come from? I mean, he's always been like a sneaky good player. Elvis Andrews had yeah.
1: four point six war.
0: That's what it said. That's absurd. No, point six war. That must have been Okay. It's that list, I don't know why it said four point six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh but this past season. Uh, two fifty one. No, no, not not Elvis. Not Andrews. not Elvis Andrews. Um, Whit Meritfield, I don't hate the idea of Whit Merrifield. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, Tony Kemp. No, Colton Wong. No, Adam Fraser. Jonathan Scope proved dort No, Josh Harrison is a guy who I kept telling myself after the season ended. That's a guy I would, I, I can imagine the Orioles bringing in. Not that I would want him. He's a, he's a maybe, but I could see them doing it. Hanser Alberto. Hell no. Liori, uh, Garcia. No. So oh, Josh Harrison, I don't know that I would be okay with it, but I could see the Orioles doing that, and I could make myself okay with Whit Merrifield. I could
1: make myself very okay with it. Whit Merrifield is a very consistent player who plays a lot, and I like that about him. Good contact hitter, not a lot of power, but you know what you're getting out of him defensively and the, the fact that he's going to be Kyle Ripken third and, and show up all the time.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, you look at him... Uh, Two seventy-two uh, batting average, three eighteen OBP, seven hundred OPS. He was below league average hitter, but he stole twenty-six bases. I'll take that guy. And he plays good defense. I'll take that. Yeah. And, and
1: he's versatile. He, he moves around and almost again. He's Cal Ripken
0: the third. He, he had a long streak. Go, a uh, going there. Let's 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 <laughs> calm down on that. He's certainly not Cal Ripkin the third. No, but he, <laughs> he, Zach's saying that based off of his longevity and his he
1: ability to stay on the street. field.
0: Yeah. Um. I don't know how many games it was. It was pretty. What was it? It was like 500 games yeah. or something like that. I, I don't even know if it was that high. I,
1: no, I think it got up like 700 in the end. I believe, but nowhere close
0: um, to Um Well, let's let's look here. Uh, no, I mean, he played 158 games in 2018, 162, 60, 162, 2019, 2020, 2021. Um, so it was probably like, yeah, that's like a 500 game stretch.
1: I'm gonna look it up just to get the exact number. You it look was it up. 553. So you're right. 553. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. Um... They called it the Ironman streak, though. MLB. Yeah, well, I com, mean, Miguel Tejada
0: so. played like nine hundred games in a row yeah, at yeah. one point. No, so. it's just
1: it's an unheard of thing in this game today, where you play that many games in a row. So that's not a bad thing to have on the Orioles in, in twenty four.
0: So Whit Merrifield this past season he played second base in eighty four games, left field in eighty one games, and right field in six games. I like that. That sounds like an Oriole. Yeah, me. that sounds like an Oriole. Um, let's see. So I I, I think that we. You could realistically see either Josh Harrison or Whit Merrifield. Yeah. I, I would think Whit Merrifield, but he probably wants more playing time than what maybe might get here. Although, I don't know. I mean, that's a guy that Brandon Hype would love. Um, Shortstops don't need one. Third baseman, Justin Turner is the only guy on this list that would make any sense. Not only to that, I, I'd argue
1: they don't need one. You, Jackson Holiday is going to be here for the large part of the season. Gunner's going to shift to third. I.
0: I they really don't need one i think gunner's gonna play short i think, think Holl- so? i think holiday's gonna play second base and short and i think westbrook's okay. gonna be mostly your everyday third baseman yeah that's certainly possible too um or an outfielder yeah. i think Norrie's gonna be here the bat's been too good <coughs> at triple a my, my my voice is going away again can you tell no you sound fine you sound fine i can tell it's a struggle to sound fine huh right now like it's it's a struggle um, third baseman Justin Turner to me is the only guy that would make sense here because yeah. he can he can hit in the middle of your order still. He proved that this past year had almost a career year across the board. Um, you don't really need outfielders either, right? No, um, I I, I re- unless it's
1: Juan Soto, I'm not really Bellinger unless it's Juan Soto or Cody Bellinger. I'd like a really interesting guy off the bench, like a, a scrappy guy who's better than Ryan McKenna and Aaron Hicks. I'd like them to figure out that, but I, I don't know who that guy is. I just Is know. it Harrison Bader?
0: I hate Harrison Bader. Yeah, I'm I not. think he's such a chode. I hate Ar- I I hate <laughs> Harrison Bader. I yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's Harrison Bader. Um Michael Conforto?
1: No. Uh, I'm not touching that. Kevin Pillar?
0: I hate Kevin Pillar.
1: I hate Kevin Pillar too. Kevin Pillar is a really good defender, but I maybe he, there's a good chance he wouldn't even hit that much more than McKenna, to be honest with you, well, at this point in his career. Th-
0: these lists are too long. We got to catch a break. We're, we're, you know, just, we shouldn't have spent 15 minutes talking about Maryland football. Um, <laughs> we're going to catch a break when we come back in from the On the Verge podcast. Bob Phelan will join us. That's next on the Better Round.
5: Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland, happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to see the full list of parades and
10: so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it, set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs.
6: Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead,
5: try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code PRESSBOX23. So bet with the best and use promo code PRESSBOX23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
9: There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casa Sin is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself. At costasin.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410 477 1975 for reservations and your steam crab
11: orders. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita A partnership, a press box, and Great Ace memorabilia. The next
5: Tyus Bouncer show is Tuesday, November seventh, at Guilford Home Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by AJ Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. dot org.
0: The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Todd Karpovich profiles the Orioles' survivors, Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, and Ryan Mountcastle, who all came from the previous regime, but stuck through tough times to be key pieces in guiding the franchise back to prominence. Also inside, we remember the iconic Brooks Robinson with tributes from Jim Henneman and Stan the Fan Charles, and a trip down memory lane to remember the most significant moments of his career. Of Jim's or Stan's career? I'm just kidding. Uh, plus, we meet players from all of college basketball programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And You can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Now, if you want the best coverage of the Orioles' farm system... Look no further than the On the Verge podcast. Prominent on that podcast is Bob Feeling, and he's with us today on the Bat Around. Bob, good morning. How are you? Good
4: morning, Paul. How's it going? I'm good.
0: Uh, we're doing well, rolling right along here. Sorry to keep you waiting. There, we kind of got we talked about Maryland football way longer than we should have, and it, it it threw a wrench in the spokes for the pace of the show. So, my sincerest apologies there, um, Bob. The Orioles have what is it? Eight, nine? They have eight prospects. In the Arizona Fall League, none of them have per- performed particularly well. Um, let's start with the pitching side of things. Have you been paying att- before we do that? Have you been paying attention to the Arizona Fall League?
4: I have been paying attention, probably not as much as the past couple of years. Just the quality of players they sent out there. There's no Heston um of the world this year, um, but yeah, the, the performances have not been outstanding. There's been a couple guys that have pitched well, but Nothing spectacular.
0: Yeah, Zach Peak, one and one, uh, 5.63 ERA, just eight innings pitched. Carter Baumler, 0 and one, a 4.50 ERA. That's a quality start. Uh, o- over 10 innings pitched. Carlos Tavera, 0 and 0, 7.71 ERA in four and two thirds innings. And Peter Van Loon, two and two with a 10.8 ERA in eight and a third innings pitched. Um, Carter Baumler to me is the name that sticks out the most there. Uh, because this is a guy who, um. You know he, he the Orioles gave him a ton of overslot money to forego his commitment to college he compared himself to a more as a, to Zach granke saying he was a more athletic Zach granke then he got hurt in uh, in in instructs a couple of years ago with Tommy John surgery and has had a hard time getting back on the field consistently um, Tell us a little bit about Carter Balmer Baumler and how important the 2024 season is for him
4: I think it's hugely important you know he was the high school draft pick out of that 2020 shortened draft and he's missed all but a handful of innings due to injuries. Uh, I think he had Tommy John surgery right after the draft, and he had a shoulder issue in 2022, and that kind of lingered into this year. It's like if we had drafted him as a college starter with obviously very limited innings. So he still you know, he can be on track to get, get back into the, the mix as far as starting pitching prospects go. And if you think about it, he has only pitched at Del Marva. You know, the Arizona Fall League is usually, what, double-A, high-A guys that are maybe trending towards triple-A. So this is pretty tough competition just based on what he's faced the past couple of years with his limited experience. So I'm pretty encouraged by what he's done. Fifteen strikeouts in ten innings is good.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, He he's, he's had a uh, – he was a guy who uh, – because of the name, but also because of the performance. You mentioned the 15 innings, the 15 strikeouts and 10 innings pitched. The 450 ERA is the lowest amongst the, the four pitching prospects. And because of the, the overslot, the, foregoing the commitment and being that guy who we expected to you know, be a, 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 a riser in the system, Carter Ballmer has kind of stood out. Now on the position player side of things, T.T. T. Bowens, Billy Cook, Connor Pavloni and John Rhodes. John Rhodes is a name that sticks out to me there, but The lowest batting average, the lowest on-base percentage, the lowest slugging percentage, the lowest OPS+. Bowens and Cook have combined, I I believe, to hit like seven home runs in the Arizona Fall League. Rhodes uh, hasn't done much of anything, but he's the name that everybody recognizes.
4: Yeah, I'm really surprised by the performance of Rhodes because I've liked him for a while. I feel like he's just a bunch of tools that just hasn't been able to put it together for extended periods of time, whether it's from injuries or up-and-down performance. So know a hitter friendly environment i expected him to go out there and really look impressive so i'm not sure what that's about but billy cook had a surprising season in 2023 started off super slow and then just got better as the season went on had a 2020 season so yeah again in arizona fall League, he started off slow but he's been on fire lately four home runs four doubles 820 ops so yeah that's that's the highlights on the position player side and if i could just mention Trey McGow is also on the pitching side for the Orioles. He was a minor league rule five pick last year uh, from the pirates. He had Tommy John, so he didn't really get back into the swing of things until late in the season. I'm sure they sent him out here just to uh, get some more innings. He was actually selected to the Arizona fall league all-star team. He's got a, Three ERA over nine innings, twelve okay. strikeouts, three walks. So obviously, small sample size. I just wanted to shout him
0: out. You know, I, I had a list of the guys, and it must have just been when I was doing the notes last night. It must have just been an oversight. Um, and because no I, don't, I, I don't, I don't have his name listed down. And it figures the guy who's been the best player out there is the guy yeah. that, I, that I missed. So go, go figure. Right now, before we get into some more prominent Orioles prospect names, um. I want to talk a little bit about Chase McDermott and Cade Povich. McDermott was phenomenal this past season. 8-8, and three ten ERA, 152 Ks, and 119 innings. pitched between AA and AAA. Uh, how close is this guy to the majors, and how do you think his stuff will play at the big league level?
4: This is McDermott out of the two? Yes. Yeah, I think you know he had a, a fairly serious back injury. Um, towards the end of the season, end of the season, hopefully that recovers pretty well over the offseason, season. But I think he's very close to uh, being a major leaguer. I would not be surprised if he's a guy that sticks around at spring training a little bit longer than maybe some people expect. He's kind of like a, a right-handed DL Hall. We've compared him to, but okay. he's actually gotten better as he moved up to AAA. The walks improved. He just continued to dominate, even though it was tougher competition. He's a guy that his fastball just hops. Like we've heard that the Orioles love pitchers with hop on their fastball, but his you can physically see. It's it's pretty impressive and he's got a nice little breaking ball and change up as well. I think his floor is like a closer. Not a floor not a floor as a closer. His floor is a high leverage reliever, I should say. But I do think he has a chance to be a starting pitcher in the bigs for a long time. And, you know, if you have that good fastball and you can spot it. I think he's just a guy that needs to trust his stuff and let the, let the hitters swing, and I don't think much damage will be done. Cade Povich. A lot of hype surrounding
0: Cade Povich, but his minor league numbers have never backed that hype up. Um, and I thought maybe his fielding independent pitching would be a better number. It wasn't. His ERA for his career in the minors is approaching five, just as it was this past season. What about Cade Povich uh, has everybody so high on him?
4: It's just his stuff is, is phenomenal. It's, um, you know, the fastball is not going to wow you, but he's got five, six pitches that are all average to plus. Um, really, for him, it's just consistency and command. Um, you know, he'll have his starts where he's dominant for six innings, looks amazing, strikes out 11, 12 batters, and then he'll come out the next time, walk four or five guys, and give up four runs over three innings. So I think, he's a, you know, lefties I feel like can be a little bit longer to develop. Mm-hmm. and really refine their craft. I was looking at Max Fried last year in the minors before he got to the majors. Then it was the ERA in the mid to high fours. Kind of reminded me of Povich. So I think it's just a matter of consistency and having everything click at the same time.
0: You know, Kyle Bradish was a guy who wasn't really dominating at, at, in the minor leagues throughout his minor league career but people love the stuff and now he's the Orioles for he's the Orioles ace of the staff. Uh is that something that you could envision for Cade Povich as he comes along?
4: Yeah, absolutely. And I um, I mean I wouldn't bet on it, but I think it's a it's a type of arm similar to DL Hall where you can just see the pure stuff the, you know, what he could be if you put it all together and you just, you know, you keep running him out there until they run out of options or they get too expensive, what have you, but he's a guy that you have to give every chance to just have everything click and and become a made the top of the rotation starter, like Bradish.
0: and do you think he he'll get that that opportunity maybe as early as his as his coming season?
4: Um, I could see it uh, like a spot start or two, maybe some play in the bullpen. you know if the off season goes the way I'm wanting and and hoping and expecting it does then. I'm not sure if these guys are going to just be handed roles, especially as a starting pitcher
3: mm-hmm.
4: this, uh, this coming season. I, I'd like to see the Orioles get a legit veteran near the top of the rotation starter, maybe another guy, and just have these guys force the issue. Um, but that could also improve the bullpen. So I, I could see him getting a starter too, but I think he'll make his major league debut this year, just not sure in what role.
0: All right, I think that's the best that really we can hope for right now. We know that Chris Holt uh, t- uh, stepped down from his uh, pitching coach role and to sol- to focus solely on being the director of pitcher development for the entire organization, and maybe they did that with guys like McDermott and Cade Povich in mind. Now, the the big name is Jackson Holliday. Minor League Player of the Year, organizational Minor League Player of the Year, top overall prospect He's going to be given an opportunity to win a job in spring training, Bob. Will he:
4: Now, that is the question, right? Um, it's very interesting. I think the entire spring training is going to be incredibly interested because interesting, because I think a guy like Kobe Mayer is in a similar boat where he could win a job out of spring training. But yeah, I mean, already, even if he makes no improvements over the offseason, he's a guy that he's incredible field to hit. He's probably going to hit. 270 to 300 in the majors he's gonna get on base at an excellent clip um he's gonna you know he's more of a second baseman right now than a shortstop defensively but that's just because he hasn't had the time to develop the defensive game bat the bat ahead of the, the glove right now so i think if he makes it it would be a, a second base and um you know the power is going to develop he was 19 all season and still had plenty of extra base hits i think 12 home runs and you know, he's, he's working hard with his dad and brother to just get better and improve. And I think the better you are, the faster you are able to improve at a young age. So I would not be shocked if he came into spring training and it was just like, wow, okay. Yeah, he's going to make the team. He's going to be the favorite for rookie of the year in 2024. But also, you know, there's a case to be made where he could use a little bit more AAA seasoning. But then if you leave him in A, you're losing out on the possibility of another draft pick. The way Gunnar Henderson will most likely get the Orioles this year, so it's a tough call. I think at the latest, he'll be up midseason. I don't see them waiting until September of next year. He's just—he's just too good to play around with that.
0: Yeah, he, I, I heard somebody, and I can't remember who it was, but it was a national um, uh, uh, beat writer, I believe, or a national baseball writer, who said that he believed that Jackson Holiday could come up to the majors at any. Uh, the the last the end of this past season and still hit 300. Um he the the bat is so incredibly talented. The family the bloodline is so incredibly talented and I think that we're all hopeful that Jackson Holliday will be running down that orange carpet on opening day 2024. Now somebody else who is more uh, likely to be a second baseman at this point in their career is Connor Norby. The bat special. The glove is limited. 21 homers, 40 doubles, 92 RBIs, 290, 359, 43, 842 slash on triple AAA all season. Connor Norby is one of those guys where you know we we always talked about Gunnar Henderson and we always talked about Jordan Westberg and Connor Norby kind of got lost in the in the shuffle there, but he's been damn good and I believe he set a AAA at least a Norfolk record with 164 hits this past season. I don't know that he has much more to prove at AAA. What are the Orioles' plans for him heading into 2024?
4: I wish I knew. But like you said, the bat is special. I actually do think his defense uh, improved a little bit this year at second base, and he played some left field and looked okay out there. Maybe if he could just – it's just really tough with the guys ahead of him with Jordan Westberg, Joey Ortiz, Jackson Holiday, Kobe Mayo – it's a tough fit on the infield, especially you, got, you still have Jorge Mateo, Ramon Arias, who knows what they're, they're going to do there. Um, if he's traded, I think it's it's not because the team doesn't like him. I think it's just because he's incredibly valuable and you want to get him some major league time and get something in return. But I can also see a world where you trade a Westberg or an Ortiz and then Norby's like that, you know, platoon right-handed bat off the bench who can start in left field, start at second base, maybe first base DH, just to get that bat in the game. So the the fun thing about this offseason and this next season or two coming up is that for fans, like, there are so many options and so many different ways the team can go mm. and so many guys the team can try out. And if it doesn't work out, go to the next guy. But if it does, you've, you've got another star.
0: Yeah, and, and I see, I know that I said that Connor Norby gets lost in the shuffle. I think that's amongst, like, most casual Orioles fans for me. I always put him, held him in the same regard as Jordan Westburg. Um, is there a scenario in which, and we've mentioned that he played like I believe it was 27 games in the outfield in uh, Norfolk in 2023? Do you see Jordan Westburg potentially moving to an outfield spot at times as well, uh, just to get them both on the field at the same time, or is Jordan Westburg of um, too good in the infield, too valuable in the infield to move him out uh, out
4: of off the dirt? I think it's an option, but I do believe that, I mean, I already believe that Westbrook's glove is pretty good, but he looked phenomenal at second base yeah. uh, defensively. And I think the baseball savant, after above average, you know, showed that as well at third base. He didn't look quite as good, but still pretty good. So I think if one of them is going to move to, obviously, I mean, probably not left field at Canyon yards, left field on the road, uh, right field at home, I would say Norby more so, but, you know, again, we're loaded on the infield. So yeah. I think, you can make a case for Westbrook to get some time out there as well.
0: Kobe Mayo had a phenomenal season uh, between AA and AAA this year. The power's there. The bat speed's there. He's got 70-grade arm. I don't know if the glove, that the glove plays at third base, and I don't know if there's going to be a, a, a place for him at third base. And I think that first base wastes his arm. But is he an outfielder? where do you envision Kobe Mayo is going to make his debut in 2024 it could be that he wins a job in spring training could be that he comes up in June but where do you envision Kobe Mayo playing the bulk of his time at the big league level uh, as far as a a position is concerned
4: I think he's the third baseman I think the glove really proved itself this year he's continued to just get better he's been playing there his whole life obviously the arm plays over there but i think the glove does as well i don't think he's going to be like plus plus he's probably not matt chapman over there Mm -hmm. but i think he's definitely good enough especially with for me a dream scenario this spring training is kobe mayo third base gunner henderson shortstop jackson holiday at second base with joey ortiz as your bench bench infielder um obviously that's no guarantee like you said he could start back in the minors and work his way up I think if he's not a third baseman, I think you try to make him a right fielder just because that Cannon would play excellent out there. I think he's athletic enough to learn the position. But I think, I think it's kind of – Kobe Mayer is underrated at this point, which is crazy to say because of the season he had and, and the status that he has on prospect list. But this kid hits bombs. He vastly improved his walk rate. He hit for average. He didn't strike out as much, and the defense came along. I think he's a top ten prospect in baseball as well.
0: Wow, a top ten prospect in baseball—that—that is—that's that is, high praise. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so with with Kobe Mayo, then um, you don't foresee a situation where he takes over for Ryan Mountcastle.
4: Not full-time. I think he could be a guy that you play him at third base, you play him at a corner outfield, you play him at first base, DH. I can see him as a guy that moves around, but I don't think he's a guy that's going to be like, you know, darn, he's got a great arm, wish we didn't have to waste it because he's a first baseman.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I agree too. I I I think that the Orioles, if they're the their weakest spot, because I don't know that Ryan O'Hearn's going to repeat what he did um, this past season, and Ryan Mountcastle has he has yet to prove that he belongs, you know, playing first base and batting in the middle of a big league lineup at this point. And I know that that's weird to say considering his hard hit rate and the, all the home runs that he's hit, but he hasn't really bounced back to that rookie season where he finished second in Rookie of the Year voting uh, like we anticipated him to do. So you're just kind of trying to figure out how do the Orioles – Make themselves the strongest at that position. Um, you you would hate to waste Kobe Mayo's arm over there, but th- that's that's for sure. But 45 doubles and 29 homers in the minor leagues, you want that in your in your big league lineup um, at some point this year. I I, I would tend to think anyway. Uh, you seem to be pretty high on Joey Ortiz. I'm higher than most on Joey Ortiz. Also, I think the glove plays at an elite level at all three infield positions. Um, I think the bat is better than people think. I think he's got good bat speed and is able to find the barrel more often than than, than people would think. Um, it, and I also believe that he could be a starting shortstop on half the teams in baseball right now. How big of a trade chip is he, and is he more valuable to the Orioles as a player or as a trade piece?
4: That is a good question, but first of all, I agree with you. I think he could be a starting shortstop for at least half the teams in the big leagues. Um, I think he's one adjustment away from being like an all-star level shortstop in the major leagues. He just he hits the ball incredibly hard. He, mm-hmm. I think he had a max exit velocity of like 114, 115 last year, um, which for his size is, is crazy. It's just he doesn't lift the ball nearly enough. If they can get him to lift the ball more, he's going to be a stud. Um, I think he's probably more valuable as a trade ship than a lot of fans think um it's a good question if he's more valuable as a trade chip, it depends i guess how high uh, other teams value him but i mean i'd love to see him be that you know ramon Arias type of guy that can play or combine mateo and Arias, a guy that can come off the bench play four or five times a week ro- rotating between infield positions um, and maybe one day he could earn the starting shortstop job but with gunner and jackson that's that's tough to see. So, as much as I love Joey Ortiz, and I hate to say it, maybe, uh, maybe the trade ship is where he's more valuable for the Orioles.
0: Yeah, I, I think I feel the same way. I think that he's just he, his glove and is too good, and I think his bat has enough upside that the Orioles can package him and get a big return with him as part of a package. Maybe for a, a top of the rotation starting pitcher. Love, the, love Joey Ortiz. I was hoping he would have been here. Uh, a lot more than he was in 2023. Uh, And I just don't know that there's room for him now because as good as he is, they have so many guys who are just a little bit better uh, or a lot better uh, in their system already. I, I will say, I think he's a better fit for this team at this point than... Arias, uh, Adam Frazier, or Jorge Mateo. So there's that. We could see him as an <laughs> yeah. ultimate utility infielder for the Orioles next season.
4: Yeah, and and we know that Michael Elias is not going to just trade him to trade him. Sure. He's not going to do that with the prospects. So if they trade him, it's because they felt like they got a fair or more than, more than failed deal, fair deal, so at least we'll know that. Uh,
0: and then finally, you said a little bit earlier in the segment um, you, you uh, that it depends on what the Orioles do and you have a lot of hopes for what you want they'll do them to do, what you hope they'll do and what you expect them to do uh, in this off season. What are your expectations for the Orioles off season as they try to uh, revamp after 101 season and try and make a deep run into the playoffs in 2024?
4: Yeah, I, w- I would love to see them trade from some of this prospect depth, especially up in the upper levels of the system in order to get a, a veteran mid to upper rotation arm. Like, uh, I think the Seattle Mariners are a great place to look between some of their super young guys like Bryce Miller and Brian Wu, or a more established guy like George Kirby or Logan Gilbert. I think they have the bullets really to trade for anyone. I prefer it to be someone that's under team control for a little bit longer than say Corbin Burns. who's going to be on his last year of his deal, but I would love to see them do that. And then sign uh, a starting pitcher, um, to a one-year deal we saw them go from Jordan Lowe's to Kyle Gibson maybe they go from Kyle Gibson to uh, another guy that is gonna like a Lucas Giolito who might want to bounce back on a one-year deal mm-hmm. with some upside so you're just slowly improving on that you know veteran one-year deal that you make it seems like every year and then I'd like to see them get whether it's through trade or free agency like one or two legit bullpen arms with uh Bautista being out I think offensively we're pretty solid. Maybe they want a right-handed thumper, um in the outfield, like uh, Adam Duvall, Teoscar okay, Hernandez, someone like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it's the focus has got to be pitching.
0: Yeah, I I think it's got to be pitching too. I'd love to see, like you said, a, a veteran middle of the order bat. I wouldn't mind having Justin Turner for a season here. Um, if they can find a way to, to, you know, get him into that infield rotation, whether it be a third base, first base, and then a little bit of DHing, also, um, I think the bat is still really good, even at 39 years old. So, but I think we're on the same page as far as our expectations. Lucas Giolito was a guy who definitely stands out to me. Somebody who could be looking for a one-year make-good deal, kind of like a uh, Cody Bellinger on the offensive side of things this past season, because um, the stuff's there for Giolito. He's just got to put it together again. And what better place than in Baltimore? You know. So we'll definitely see. Yeah. Uh, what do you got coming up on uh, with you on the Verge podcast?
4: Uh, this Monday we have a podcast and will always be live Monday nights on YouTube um, and then available anywhere you get your podcast. But this Monday we're going to talk about which players should and will be added to the 40-man as the deadline is November 14th. And it's, you know, there's some tough decisions. It's getting tougher. The 40-man is better than it's ever been. And, uh, yeah, it's going to – be interesting to see who they decide to protect from the Rule 5 draft. Yeah, it it certainly
0: will be interesting. We're looking forward to that. And, Bob, I know that uh, this show is coming to an end uh, next week, uh, but I will be doing something. So I know you and I are going to be talking uh, over the course of the next several months. So we will talk again soon, all right?
4: Absolutely. Love to talk to you. Uh, Good luck with everything.
0: Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you soon. Have a great weekend, Bob. All
4: right, you too, man. That was Bob Feeling from
0: On The Verge Podcast. If you want minor league coverage, the best of minor league coverage, look no further than the On The Verge Podcast. It, it, they just started a couple of years ago, and they've gotten so much traction so yeah. quickly. They do an absolutely phenomenal I job over there. I have
1: never seen an Orioles podcast take off like that one. Yeah.
0: People, it's, well, they, they found the right market
1: in the right time. People mm-hmm. would want to see uh, young orioles players and the minor leagues and they covered that throughout the rebuild and they have done a really really good job
0: yeah and and the orioles are likely to get what is it three first round picks this year yeah uh which is just going to give them even more stuff to talk about it's
1: amazing because it's you you feel like the the rebuild part is over where they're really just stocking up the the farm system Mm -hmm. but then you look at that it's not it's really not. They, they still have so much work to do to build this farm system up, and they're going to keep doing it. And don't be surprised. And I I think I said this last week and even the week before, if they make a trade to acquire a prospect this offseason, maybe two, maybe three, that's, that's the way they operate. I think they're yeah. going to continue to be both buyers and sellers because that's the way you make a really, uh, what's the word, so, not substantial, but uh, consistent and...
0: Uh, well, substantial, Pro- a prolonged s- run, prolonged Pro- success, prolonged
1: run. Substantial is also the word. Just a, a very good and consistent farm system over a period of time.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I think I agree with you on that one. We got to catch our final break. When we come back in, we'll close things out with take to rake and final thoughts. So that's next on the batter round.
7: killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria. AJ Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com.
10: Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it, set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org.
6: Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today.
11: What's up everyone? It's Tyus Bowser and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita for the Tyus Bowser Show, a partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia. The next
5: Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 7th at Guilford Home Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by AJ Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org.
7: The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Todd Karpovich profiles the Orioles' survivors, Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, and Ryan Mancastle, who all came from the previous regime but stuck through tough times to be key pieces in guiding the franchise back to prominence. Also inside, we remember the iconic Brooks Robinson with tributes from Jim Enneman and myself, Stan the Fan Charles, and a trip down memory lane to remember the most significant moments of his career. Plus, we meet players from college basketball programs around the state press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and Terps at pressboxonline.com
0: The place to be after this and every Ravens game this season is PressBox's Project Game Day. Glenn Clark, Rita Hubbard, and former Ravens Super Bowl champion Femi Iambadejo will react live to every game, offering their truly uncensored opinions about the team's decisions and results in each game. Plus, they'll be joined by other special guests during the year, and you can chime in live during each show as well. Watch the shows live at YouTube.com/slash PressBoxOnline or Facebook.com/slash PressBoxSports, and check Glenn Clark Radio or the NFL Chick on Twitter for a Zoom link that will allow you to be a part of the show. So join Glenn, Rita, and Femi tomorrow after Ravens, Seahawks, and every game day this season. Project Game Day is brought to you by SuperBook Sports, AJ Michaels, and Help My Gambling. Problem dot org. <clears throat> was uh, Femi Iambadejo the name that you struggled with while I was gone? It, m- maybe. It's got to be. It. it probably was. that's got That's the only name that we. Like, that, that's tough, though. That's not what it's not. like Chris not if, jo- It's n-
1: not Chris Jones or something. I mean, not I, if
0: you're from Baltimore. Both Iambadejo brothers
1: played for the I, Ravens. I, I know. And, and I know exactly who he is. Like, I, I mm-hmm. know all about him, but I just don't. I don't know. That name's tough. That name is tough. And he but, was a little bit before my time. Yeah, but his, but his brother wasn't. No, what year he, did he? Uh, he was here like he twenty fourteen. Yeah, that's true. I he, guess. he was a he
0: was a, a really big time special teams player. Yeah, um, for the Bears, and then he came over. T- so Femi was the fullback.
1: Right, F- Femi's the one I, I would say I know a lot more about. Oh well, um, yeah, I, I,
0: he, um, let me, let me, Brendan Iambadagio. Brendan, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I vaguely remember him. So Brendan Iambadagio was a linebacker, but he was a Pro Bowl. Special teamer. Special teamer. Okay. He was in Baltimore, well, okay, Back when uh, the, 2008 through 2012. So he won a Super okay. Bowl with the
1: Ravens. Um, yeah, I, I started watching football around 2008, so that, that's about right. Yeah, he, but,
0: he, he was a three-time Pro Bowl special teamer. Um I certainly didn't know
1: names back then like I do now though. Yeah. It's just it's a different level of interest.
0: Let me um look, look up the look up uh Femi. I am Badejo, nineteen ninety eight to two thousand six. He was a it, it says his position was running back. He was a fullback. Mm-hmm. Uh both brothers won Super Bowls with the Ravens, one wow. as a fullback hmm. and one as a linebacker, but more so a special teams player. Femi in uh two thousand Average seven point three yards per carry. Good God! <laughs> 20, I'm sorry, per reception. Okay, that makes per, more sense. per reception. That makes more sense. Yeah, he uh, had 23 catches, 168 yards. Um, rushing, let's see, 123 for the for the Ravens. He uh, 61 carries, 210 yards, two touchdowns in three seasons. Both both brothers won uh, Super Bowls with the Ravens. So yeah, so that's cool. Um, but <coughs> tough name. Yeah. Yeah, tough name, but not if you're from here and you know, like Fair. Th- yeah. you've had. I, and I am a dejo on both. Well, Ravens the first one, I, the fir- There's no chance for that right. One. Way too early, but uh,
1: yeah, the second one, I guess I should have. I, I shouldn't known. All right, so let's do take to rake. The final standings, right? That's. that's I didn't, I didn't figure out the final standings. Oh, okay. You okay. won. If yeah. you
0: want, you can take the take to rake trophy with. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. I think it should stay here.
0: Ah, uh, it's not going to stay here because we're not staying here. It's coming uh, with true. me. true. Okay. If you're, if you're not Well, you're it, what?
1: Three-time champ? I'm only one-time champ, so yeah. I think you deserve
0: it. I think it really sucks that I won the first three years of the bat around <laughs> and then in the fourth year, our closing year, yeah. you, you come in and take it and take your ball and go home, you Unbelievable. son of a SOB. Yes, God, I'm a terrible guy. Um, Let's talk a little bit about Take to Rake here. Uh, You took Evan Carter and who else? Um, I have it up. Hang on. Uh, Evan Carter and, I uh, could tell, Marte. Oh, right. That's what it was. I took Adolis Garcia and Corbin Carroll. Okay. Garcia went 0 for 6 Yeah, didn't play much. And then, so yeah, he left. It must have been game two then. Yeah. yeah, he left game two. Okay. He left game two because I remember he got hurt and they were losing. Yeah. Yeah, so he left game two because he didn't play after the second game. Uh, he I went, guess that's true. He went 0 for 6 with two walks, two strikeouts. Corbin Carroll went four for 17, no extra base hits, um, two walks, and two RBI. Evan Carter went um, four for 15, one double, six strikeouts, one walk. Okay. And I think Catel Marte probably got you the final victory in take to rake.
1: Yeah, I, I would think so.
0: I mean... I think that his hitting streak was snapped in game in game five. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, it was, and he went well. No, four four for fifteen. They all pretty much Adolis yeah. Garcia. I guess you win based on the fact that both your guys had. If you four combine hits, the numbers, right? And so my guys eight for thirty were five for twenty six. Yeah, five for twenty three. Um, so you win. Fitting that you won your first Take Direct Championship in your final season. Uh, you like Mike Mussina.
1: <laughs> like Mike Mussina, you, yeah. you win twenty games. In People your final tell me that year, all the time, and,
0: and then you retire. Yeah, my favorite pitcher of all time, Mike Mussina.
1: Um, now that I've left the bat around, I'm going to go uh, sign a contract with the Yankees. So no,
0: you leaving <laughs> you leaving the bat around, would be, and and
1: no, it, it'd be like going to like one five seven or something. I was. Be better, it would be, be like
0: going to Inside Access. Yeah. Uh, as their producer. Well, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and. and I, I like two thirds of Inside Access, but the one third that I don't care for is so egregiously bad that it ruins the entire show. Like so, so <laughs> egregiously bad. The Ravens I, are six and two, and you would think that they're the worst team in football yeah. based on how the yeah. one third of that show talks about the team. Yeah, you like they're six and two, and and let's let this ta- go into final thoughts because our final thoughts are always about the Ravens during football season next year they'll be a little bit deeper and about the show and about the Orioles Um, this team was up what was it 24 to 7 and 31 to 15 yeah that game was never in question it was never... What, what, you're talking about the Cardinals? Games? Against the Cardinals. Yeah. That game was never in question. They were never going to lose. The 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 fact that Nelson Aguilar is on the hands team is funny. That, uh, that everybody, is funny. I when I saw him drop that, that onside kick, I was like, why is Nelson Aguilar?
1: There's the classic moment. Do you, do you know what I'm <laughs> talking about when, when I say the Philly guy in the burning building? Yeah. Yeah. Classic. He,
0: he, he's like, luckily, I got hands. Unlike, unlike Aguilar. Un, unlike Aguilar. <laughs> Um And his name is Aguilar. It's not Aguilar or no. Aguilar. Aguilar. His name is and, like, yeah. it, my, my best friend in the world We're watching the game in his house last week, and he just kept calling him Aguilar to the point where <laughs> I said, it's Aguilar! Yeah. His name is Aguilar. Aguilar. And the fact that the people on – that there are certain people on – the big sports talk radio station in this in this town they call him Aguilar and the guy that calls it calls him that the most is the guy who was an NFL GM blows my mind that is something Bl- blows my mind that nobody th- th- him and Anthony Santander why can't people say their names right right i mean they're not
1: difficult aguilar is spelled a g u i l a r that's how aguilar is spelled yep. Aguilar is it, it sounds exactly like it's spelled uh huh uh-huh. you say it like it's spelled Huh? It it it's, there's because O's. There's because no use. because
0: there's an H after the G. If you call him Ag, ag hauler, right? I I would accept that more than Aguilar It's not even close to Aguilar There's yeah. an A G and it ends with an R. That's it. It's right. not Aguilar It's not even close. It's Agalor. Agalor. And he shouldn't be on the hands team. No. He dropped in the one side kick. The Ravens should have won that game by double digits. They won by a touchdown, and people have their are 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 up in arms about. Oh, they barely held held on against a bad Cardinals team that scored 17 points in the fourth quarter. In garbage time, though, it was in garbage time that was aided by an onside kick against a Ravens team that was playing soft yeah. to just try and like not to just try and run out the clock.
1: Look, I'll be the first one to laud the Ravens for blowing leads and for giving things up and playing easy in the in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. This was not that case. This no. was just the Ravens saying, "Okay, we've won this game." Now there's no reason to really play all out. And that yeah. was the case. They, and they they won that game.
0: They they played the, the they played defense the way they did at the end of that game to let time run out on the clock. Exactly. That's how exactly. that's why they played defense the way they did. And they played soft
1: because they don't want to get a beat over the top. you a yeah. beat over the top, then maybe you have a chance to get back into it. But if you let them drive down the field in six minutes rather than thirty seconds, You're going to win this game.
0: Yeah, exactly. That game was never in question. So people are like, oh, this defense letting up in the fourth quarter again. You're an idiot. (laughs) You're either an idiot or you're just basically trying to make controversy where there is none. I also saw some Seahawks fans who were like, the Ravens,
1: they said you guys to, to a bunch of fans on Twitter. You guys give up 24 points to the Arizona Cardinals. Okay, not really. Gino Smith is your like, starting quarterback. <laughs> Gino. Well, Gino's turned around his career. He's better than he was. but he, uh, yeah, He's uh, not been great
0: this year. Th- they're going to be a tough test. I'm not saying the Seahawks are going to be
1: a-, a walk in the park tomorrow.
0: I don't think oh, that's don't, the case at I all. I don't think they are. The, the, the Ravens are favored when we did our picks. The Ravens are favored by five and a half. And I get that the game's at home and the, the Seahawks are traveling from the west coast. Yeah. I don't think the Ravens are covering. I think the Ravens but, will win, but I don't think they're going to cover this, tomorrow.
1: This is a game very much like the Lions game to me. Where the Ravens are going to come out and they're, and they're going to uh, either get destroyed or they're going to win it by a, a deciding fashion. It's there's, not, no, uh, there's no shades of gray there. I, I don't think there's going to be a close game because you saw what happened in the Lions game. I think that's the way it's going to be. They did not underestimate the Lions. I don't think they're going to underestimate the, uh, the Seahawks. But when they do underestimate teams like the Steelers um, and like basically a, a lot of teams in the past two years, they play close games. They plays close games.
0: The Ravens should have beat the Steelers by by three touchdowns. Right, but they yeah.
1: underestimated them and they got outcoached by a million.
0: Yeah, uh, and they dropped seven passes. That's they dropped not, seven, that, that's, that's that's true. That's, that's not coaching. They it's dropped true. seven passes and three of them were touchdowns. Yeah, the Ravens. The, I mean Lamar Jackson, his team lost a football game seventeen to ten, and he was the highest graded player in the yeah. NFL that week. Right, that shows you how bad his receivers were. Yeah. And when they asked him after the Lions game, what was different this week, he said, "My receivers caught the ball." yeah because they do. <clears throat> yeah that's it um I can see the Ravens offense coming out and dominating tomorrow I, I think they are um but I'll, and I think that they have to um because even though they're home games this is the first of three games in 11 days the last two are Cleveland next Sunday yeah and then a short week Thursday night football against the Bengals who are back is that Thanksgiving no, the Thanksgiving's oh, okay. a week later. I'm, I'm going to be at the gotcha. game. It's November 16th. I'm going to be at the game with my buddy. And um,
1: When do they play Thanksgiving weekend? Is that Sunday then?
0: Yeah.
1: 20, yes. 26th? 7th? Something, something like,
0: like that. that. Okay. They, okay. Th- something like that. Um, but, uh, but they also need to stack wins now Yeah. because they end the year. Their last four games are in San Francisco. Which is looking easier by the day, to be fair. Yeah, that's true. But San Francisco will bounce back. Um, but they're in San Francisco. They finish at home against the Dolphins and at home against the Steelers. Who's the game after San Francisco? It is. It, it's the Bengals, is it not? No, the the ba- the, the okay. Bengals on th- are on Thursday. They they've, oh, ar- they've the, okay. already played them once. Okay. Let me uh, let me look this up. Right, it could quick. Be, it
1: could be the Browns then. I don't remember.
0: I, I looked at no, this. No, a couple they, weeks they've ago. already played the Browns once already, and they play the Browns next okay. Sunday. Oh wow, it's oh, next it's, Sunday already. Wow. So. Why can't I uh, talk? All right, so they've got the Seahawks, the Browns, the Bengals. Okay. Then on the 26th, they go out to L.A. to play the Chargers on, I believe it's Sunday night football. Mm. Okay. Then they come home to play the Rams on December 10th. So that's They have the bye in between. Okay. Then they go to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. The jaguars. That, that, that's gonna be a tough game, like Aguilar Jaguar. Jaguar. Well, that's how you actually say that name. Yeah. Um. I just always have to say I. I don't want to say jaguars and I don't want to say jaguars like I used to when I was younger. Yeah. But so, but jaguars sounds so jaguars. ridiculous. I always have to. I, you will never not hear me say jaguars when I talk about them because I. <laughs> I guess you could call them the Jags, but I want to get the name right. You're but afraid of messing, messing it up. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I, afraid of messing <laughs> it up. I'm, I'm. I just don't want to. Like it's like me and Femi. It, no, it's it's more like, um, like British people with aluminum. Yeah, al- 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 aluminum. Aluminum. <laughs> it, it. It's like I know how to say the word. Yeah. Well, but, but I. It just sounds stupid. To yeah. Me. All right. So I say Jaguar, like almost like I'm joking around, but that's yeah. how you say it. All right. um, so Chargers, Ravens, Char- Chargers, Ravens. Chargers, Rams, Jags in Jacksonville on Sunday Night Football, Niners in San Francisco yeah. on Christmas night. Oh, okay, Christmas night. And then uh, then they come home and they've got the Dolphins on Christmas Eve. I mean on New Year's Eve. And then they've got the rave the Steelers on uh, January seventh. TBD. That could be a flex game. So the Ravens need to win the games that they need to win. And I think that the games against the Seahawks, the Browns, the Chargers, and the Rams, they need to win those games. Yeah, they do.
1: They're going to have, it's not a ridiculously difficult schedule, but there's a lot of difficult games mixed in there. Yeah. And even the Steelers, at the very end of the year where you should win, nine times out of ten they should win against the Steelers. They are going to make it a contest. I guarantee it. Mike Tomlin is the best coach in the NFL in my eyes. He's the best coach in yeah, the that, NFL.
0: That, that team's been outgained by 730 yards. They've yeah. been outgained in every... They just in, win. They're one of, I think they're one of 35 Four teams? Is it thirty-four teams have been outgained in every game through their first eight games, and they're the only team to have a winning record.
1: But here's what's going to happen in the playoffs: they're going to get, if they make it, which I'm still not convinced they will, but if they do, they are going to get pummeled. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: They're going to get pummeled. I I don't because you look at the Titans game last week, not last week, last Thursday, this week, two days ago, Um, a game the Titans should have won, and the Steelers just continue to keep themselves in it. And they won the game by four points, but the Titans are a terrible team. And when the Steelers actually face really, really good football teams, which they will, they're going to get pummeled. Yeah, they're going to get pummeled. They they, they they shouldn't
0: have won the against the Titans in the first place anyway. They got their doors blown. Let's let's look at the Steelers real quick. They got their doors blown off by San Francisco like thirty-one to seven in week yeah. one of the season. But um, now now
1: Brock Purdy has turned into a pumpkin. So yeah, they can't no. do anything else. I don't so, know. Yeah,
0: they, they lost thirty to seven against the against the Niners. They beat the Browns, they beat the Raiders, they lost 30 to 6 against the Texans who were a lot better than people thought they were going to be. Yeah. They beat the Ravens in a game that they stole. Um, they beat the Rams. They lost to the Jags 20 to 10, and they beat the t- the Titans 20 to 16. Right. So, when the, the two best teams they played are the Niners and the Jags, and they lost those two games by a combined 34 points. I think the Ravens are better than the Jags. I, I do too. And I, I think I believe that, that the Ravens had a big second half lead. They yeah. had a ten point lead at halftime against the Jags last year and they yeah. lost and they, they they lost in Jacksonville and those guys celebrated right in their faces. I think that if the Ravens are healthy when they play the Jags, that defense is gonna remember. Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> <laughs> I think that defense. I think that defense is going to remember, and I think that offense is going to remember, and I think that I think that the Ravens are going to make a statement in that game.
1: Yeah, I, I I would hope so. That's one of the funniest things you've ever said on the show. By the way. That, <laughs> that was that was good yeah. I had a friend in high school who everything we said it, he would respond. Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> it, was, it was so annoying, but that's what he would do. It was like an entire year where he would just say that's that. That's from to South everything. Park, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the,
0: that and the. Uh, the the bp guy like each clip is more sections like we're sorry we're sorry I'm, i i'm only like half i don't know that
1: one as well as the as the, the pepper that, that one what, it was what?
0: right after the bp oil spill and all oh, that and, okay, and, and okay he's just like i think one of them he's laying under the tree at sunset on a picnic table with his shirt open and like he like rubs his nipple and goes we're sorry we're sorry um Anyway weird. An- anyway, weird. Um <laughs> I I did I did I went first last week so your your uh, take on this coming on tomorrow's game. You already uh, gave your take but your your prediction. 27 13 Ravens. 27-13 Ravens. I think the Ravens defense is pissed off. that people are talking about them the way they were after that last after last week's game when it, that th- the defense didn't falter. They played yeah. soft on purpose. Yeah. Um I can see 13, but I think that this Ravens offense is at a point where they've scored 31 30 points in back-to-back weeks and I think they're going to put up another 30 spot or more. Um I will say Ravens 36. Okay. Seahawks 13, even though I picked them not to cover um in my picks. The more I think about it, Ravens 36, Seahawks 13. Right Um, That's a lot of scoring for the Ravens because, I mean, yeah. that, that's four touchdowns and three field goals. That's yeah. that's seven scoring drives. 36 yeah. 13 Ravens. Okay. Put on the board. Yes. Um, that's going to do it for us on the bat around today. Thank you to, to Stan, the fan Charles, for his weekly segment. Thank you to Bob Phillips for another excellent segment from the On the Verge podcast. Thank you to all of our sponsors. Without you, we don't have a show. Thank you, the listeners for all of for you're listening <laughs> for all of your listening thank you for tuning in every week without you we certainly don't have a show one more we've got oh, man like it literally it hurts like I, I'm i not you know saying this tongue in cheek it actually hurts my heart to say we have one we only have one show one left more. one more next week so please be, t- be sure to tune in to the Batarounds final episode next Saturday November 11th at 10 a.m. right here for Press Box until then see ya